Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Wygen. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, and all the likes. Thank you always, and I mean always, for downloading and listening to the show. Greatly appreciate having you on board with me today. Beautiful day outside in the Twin Cities in terms of, well, see, we woke up in the morning, it was all dark and cloudy, and it's like, okay, can we finally get a little bit of snow during this Christmas season? It'd be great. It'd be really nice, and finally got a little bit. That was the cool part. Other than that, well, we went to Tampa Bay, and it was kind of like Minnesota Vikings in Tampa Bay all over again, you know, where things look promising, and then just a lot of, just one or two things started to go wrong, and then downhill it went. Minnesota Vikings end up dropping to 6-7, and seven, losing to the Tampa Bay Schmuckineers, 26-14. Somehow, someway, we wound up with 14 after Dan Bailey missed an extra point. Maybe the very last extra point he will attempt for the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, I'm probably confident of that because I guess statistically it was the worst kicking game in the history of the NFL since the 1960s. So, the early 60s. Pretty crazy stuff. Um, missed three extra points, or excuse me, missed three field goals. And an extra point, a 36-yarder, 46-yarder, and a 54-yarder, respectively, when it came to the kicks, and none of them were really close. He sliced one, and he hooked the others. It was just uh, gorgeous stuff in Raymond J. Stadium. Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Bucks are 8-5. and five. It's one of those seasons for Tampa Bay. They kind of look like the 94 Vikings, in a way. You bring in the old Hall of Fame quarterback, and you think, here we go, rock and roll, and okay, well, we're 8-5. and five. After starting the season off pretty strong, they're probably not going to do anything too spectacular, though they may win their division. Good for them, I guess. Minnesota Vikings are in second place for the moment. Detroit uh, <coughs> trailing Green Bay 14-7 to in Detroit at the moment with uh, Daryl Bevel as head coach, which is uh, a good thing. I think Detroit's better off with an offensive coach at this stage. Not that Matt Patricia was a good defensive coach anyway, so I've mentioned that more than once, I'm sure. The bend, but don't break, but it's broken. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Okay, whatever. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, NFC North and the, uh, the rest of the NFL in this next segment. I don't know. Kirk Cousins, I there's one thing you come out of this game, and it's like, wow, Kirk Cousins can run. Kirk Cousins can run. Ran for 41 yards. He ran for multiple first downs. That was pretty exciting. He did actually have a turnover. A fumble lost, but actually he recovered it at the end of the day. So... That's uh, the situation there. Delvin Cook somehow ran for 102 yards. Very strong performance, just gutting it out. Uh, Amir Abdullah looked like Chester Taylor on a on a screen pass that led to a first down, breaking a tackle. That was really nice and kind of broke the second one enough in order to at least get to the first down. Only 11 yards rushing official for officially for Amir Abdullah as. Uh, Unfortunately, Madison would miss his second straight game. Alexander Madison, the uh, number two running back on the Vikings. Very unfortunate there. You got to see the ball spread around quite a bit today, but nothing overly exciting. Kirk Cousins was pressured quite a bit today. The uh, pass protection was not real good. The run protection was pretty decent, thanks to C.J. Ham. He actually had three catches in a row, basically. It was kind of cool. Uh, he was blind, and then Delvin Cook threw a block for C.J. Ham along the way. Kind of cool. 22 yards receiving on all three of the catches for CJ. And again, Amir Abdullah with a nice uh, six-yard play. Pardon me, I thought I turned the sound off on this. And, okay, it's just a rough day for Dan Bailey. Rough day for Dan Bailey. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Rudolph 
had played in 93 consecutive games, and he did not play in today's game. Very unfortunate. A uh, bit of an Iron Man. So, uh, for a while there, I remember, I swear, it seemed like he was hurt a lot. But then now it's like he wasn't hurt at all for so long. It's like you take it for granted when a guy hangs in there that long. Irv Smith Jr. came back from injury and extremely convenient there considering how well he played. He was very exciting getting a touchdown today with a catch and turn. Very quick feet, quick first step on the play. Justin Jefferson, well, you know, he was he was targeted eight times, only had four catches. Ultimately, again, good, strong secondary by Tampa Bay. I thought you could beat them, and, well, we, we tried, and it just didn't happen at the end of the day. Uh, day pardon me. Uh, it was... Uh, Extremely frustrating. Sean Murphy bunting. A couple of good plays. Uh, who was the other one? I believe it was yeah, Carlton Davis with the big pass deflection when uh, it would have been a pretty big catch. Pretty nice, sizable catch that would have led to at least a first down and keep the Vikings drive going for Justin Jefferson. But Davis literally swatted out of his hand like a basketball player. You know, and the guy is going up for a, a layup or something and just swat! You know, just swatted it right through his hands. That was kind of frustrating, but what the hell can you do? What what the hell can you do, Jerry Burns? What the hell? What the hell can you do? That's what kind of day it was. Uh, Dan Bailey, sixth most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL, and well, <laughs> well, the last uh, well, he's the sixth greatest kicker in the NFL history. He's been great ever since he got here. Today he misses all four kicks. What the hell can you do? You know, I mean, it's just yeah. What the hell can you do? <laughs> what the what the hell can you do? <laughs> Yeah, well, Vikings didn't sack Tom Brady once because, well, the offensive line did their job for Tampa, and also he just knows exactly where to step. It's just crazy. For a guy that doesn't really have a whole lot of mobility, as that's been well documented. Remember, he got his thousandth yard rushing in his, what, his 19th season a few years back, and with their, probably his final Super Bowl, his sixth and final Super Bowl after they beat the Rams later that season. Ran for his thousandth yard in 19 years. It's kind of funny. But no, Kirk Cousins kind of similar that way. You, I mean, you, you saw it. I mean, and sometimes, you know, that that's how a quarterback should be sometimes. You wish you got to see that more from Kirk Cousins. Hopefully he doesn't come up with some kind of like strained calf or something from that. But, I mean, he had a quick first step. I mean, and a lot of times when you saw Kirk run in the past, he would never make it. He would never make the first down. He would never do this and that. This time it seemed like he was just more intent of getting it. Uh, I suppose, I don't know if he was coached to do that today or just uh, that was just more of a motivation thing. I don't know, but whatever he's doing, he's doing it. And uh, I say keep doing that, Kirk Cousins. I thought he had a very strong game, to be quite honest. And Delvin Cook again, to get 102 yards against a team that averages 73 yards against rushing. Very, very, very impressive. Only a 14 long, but just consistent. Moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Very consistent. Ronald Jones was a pain in the butt at times when he got in the end zone. LaShawn McCoy, who's kind of been all over the place, did get a ring last year with the Chiefs. Congratulations for him. After those great seasons with the Buffalo Bills in the past, Thomas Brady, Thomas Brady, minus two yards, of course, I'm sure, kneeling down. Yeah, well, yeah, that is exactly what that is. <laughs> Thomas Brady kneeling down. He wasn't exactly sacked in the game. Kirk Cousins was sacked six frickin' times, and that didn't help. Uh, that contributed to Kirk Cousins' lower quarterback rating, and plus the fact that the deep passes just couldn't get completed in the game a whole lot often. And that rose Tom Brady's uh, numbers way up there with the uh, deep, deep completion to Scotty Miller in the end zone. Scotty Miller with nice speed, but extremely accurate down the field. Tom Brady. 
<sighs> it is what it is. But uh, there were a lot of extremely frustrating calls in the game that would have Viking fans pissed off. Uh, Harrison Smith, yes, he's snake bit. And yes, it was a helmet-to-helmet play, and that just screwed us over because we were... We had the uh, Buccaneers with the fist there, you know, the old fist. And we're not talking about politics. We're not talking about clenched fists or anything. We're talking about fourth down. And, well, there was the flag. And, well, yeah, it's just terrific. It wasn't just the greatest feeling ever. We had LaShawn McCoy stopped. And then, well, helmet to helmet. That's great. Thank you very much. Uh, You know, I love Harrison Smith, but that was frustrating. Uh, You had the ticky-tack call on the play right before the half. I mean, just right before the half. Ticky-tack call on Todd Davis for uh, pass interference. I'm not sure what that was all about. Pretty ticky-tack. As uh, That was the first pass interference play on a uh, pass interference called on a Hail Mary since 2009. So, of course, it happened against us. Luckily, it wasn't the NFC Championship game or anything. But uh, with our luck, that's exactly when something like that would happen. They haven't called that in 50 years. But guess what? It was called against the Vikings. And, oh, gosh darn it. Congratulations, Tampa Bay or New Orleans. Yeah, or let's not think about that. But whoever, they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Just like changing the uh, the overtime rule immediately after that because Brett Favre never got to see the ball again in uh, 2009. Yeah, still not bitter about that game, though. I'm not bitter at all about the fumbles from Adrian or the, uh, the throw across the body or the uh, just, I don't know the thought that the Vikings actually would have dominated that game if not for the crappy turnovers. But that's the name of the game. That's the name of the game. You can't hang on to the ball. You don't deserve to win. That's the name of the game. Gladly, glad knee continues to keep us feeling gladly, I guess. Dance, they're solid. You know, nice to see DJ want him back. Unfortunately, you didn't get to see uh, Braille Ford today. Braille Ford. That was kind of cool last week. Harrison Hand was in a teeny bit. Troy Dye, solid. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, Danster and Gladney continue to be solid uh, receivers. Jones was actually beat on the Miller play, the Miller touchdown. Could be worse, could be better. I mean, he was close, but he was beat. Jones was beat, and Jones is what he is. He's like a third-string cornerback, basically. And that's what happens when Mike Hughes can't stay healthy for his life. And uh, Holden Hill got cut this week. We'll talk about that in the third segment as well. But Holden Hill cut officially this week. So... It is what it is. We're kind of starting over the cornerback position, but at least the two draft picks that were taken high up there. Harrison Hand, we'll see. Later pick. and he's a, he's a flyer, and hopefully he'll uh, continue to develop and get better. But Gladney and Dantzler look like the real deal for the most part, especially Gladney, but Dantzler especially. Uh, as well. Dad Fleur, excuse me, as well. He was an early starter, had his uh, hiccups here and there, but generally speaking... Solid. Gladney, I think, is the real deal, though, out of the, all the cornerbacks. I think he's the future uh, long-term, you know, like he's our, he's our best cornerback, and he's, he's the man, and they're not going to throw the ball his direction very often. But he can also run stop as well. He's got a little Antoine Winfield in him that way. <clears throat> nice to see Antoine Winfield Jr. do his thing out there. Good for him. Yeah, they have got some really nice defensive linemen on that Tampa team, though. Classic names we've known forever. Namigan Sue, former Detroit Lion Los Angeles Ram, runner-up in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady, his, his teammate. Jason Pierre-Paul with the uh, New York Giants and Washington Redskins, I believe, in the past. Yep, uh, talented, talented guys, but that secondary did a pretty good job. Uh, but uh, obviously that defensive line is spectacular. That's generally why you don't give up. Uh, they don't give up a whole lot of yards. But uh, that secondary, they were pretty good today, considering the circumstances. 
uh, considering who they're going up against and how hot Kirk Cousins has been. And, well, he was he was good today. He just wasn't spectacular, and it's mostly because of those good defensive plays in the secondary. They stepped up, and more power to them. I mean, that's why they're legitimately a playoff team right now, and we're legitimately not a playoff team right now. Uh, Pittsburgh, boy, we'll talk about uh, Pittsburgh. Man, I, I can't believe they lost to, they lost to a, a team without a name. You've been through the desert then lost to a team with no name. Da 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 da. It's good to be out of the rain, right? Okay, I'm sorry. Because yeah, well, because eh, in Washington D.C. they can't remember their name. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Washington D.C. and the New York Giants are, you know, trying to win that division. They're trying to. I don't think the Giants uh, did their part today for themselves. What am I talking about? That's for segment two, but. I don't know. You know, it just felt like the old days of Tampa. Didn't it, though? Whether it's Trent Dilfer at quarterback, Sean King, Brad Johnson, who the hell cares? Whoever the quarterback was. Uh, Jeff Garcia. Just one frustrating pile of caca once again to add to the uh, to add to add the list. And the Vikings still have a winning record against this team because of the old days where it was just dominance up until the early 90s. It was pretty much dominance over the Bucks. And then once the 2000s came around, well, the, the mid-90s and into the 2000s, it's kind of been the other way. It really kind of has. Uh, the early days of the Bucks are the old orange uniforms and the, and the man with the, the knife in his mouth. I like that. But maybe that's just not appropriate to have a knife. Ooh, that's bad. Naughty, naughty. So we got to have a stolen crossbones instead. That's a nice secret society. That's great. But, I mean, I suppose it's not meant that way. But, well, it's a secret society. It is. Huh. So, <laughs> all it takes is a, a couple seconds to look that one up. It's out there. Go ahead and laugh all you want. <laughs> Skull and bones. Oh, God. Why am I talking about that anyway? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's because this game was frustrating. It was. And the call's just not going our way. One thing after another. Yes, we got them to jump offside. No, they, we know. And the sad part is, though, the sad part of it all, a lot of it was our own fault. I mean, Harrison did hit the guy helmet to helmet. Uh, the P.I. was a P.I. Uh, it was extremely frustrating. I believe that was Dantzler, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, super frustrating. Uh, I mean, a defensive pass interference that would have uh, stopped the Bucks, and they wind up scoring. We're just we're happy for them, this and that. Uh, that one was legitimate. The uh, the Todd Davis one was weak. Even Troy Aikman was like, that was bullcrap, basically. Like, why would you call that in that situation? Even Troy Aikman said it. You know, a guy who was a nemesis for the Vikings, I guess. Even though it's not like we were... It's not like the Vikings played the Cowboys a whole lot during that time. We didn't really play the Cowboys a whole lot until much later. Uh, when we beat them in the 99 postseason. And uh, that was Aikman's last game, if I remember correctly. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I think it was. Ah, it was, wasn't it? Man, that's weird, isn't it? That's weird. Um, but no, ba Bailey, again, I mean, it's just, you score a touchdown, you have a really solid opening drive, you take a 6 nothing lead, Bailey can't make the extra point. It's like, dude, you're going to continue off of last week. And then, again, 36-yarder, like, it's just not that hard, and he just, just, just slices the thing. Awful kick, awful kick, slices it. And the 54-yarder wasn't even close. And it's like, okay, everybody misses 54-yarders sometimes. But then, you know, it just was awful. And then the 46 was just awful. So, I mean, what more can you say about that? 
honest to God. It was there were some fun moments. Nice to see Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith get involved, and they did a hell of a job. They combined for nine catches and 103 yards. It doesn't sound all that gaudy, but it's good. Uh, Conklin was was pretty solid for the most part. Uh, he was the guy that jumped early in one of those situations, which was super frustrating, but he followed up with it and getting a first down. So, okay, that was pretty cool. Mike Boone got a tiny bit of action a little bit because he's going to. Abdullah, again, got getting that uh, Chester Taylor-like first down, the catch-and-go, breaking a tackle. Very, very nice play, actually, at the end of the day. Uh, Abdullah does have that speed. Special teams continues to be mediocre. There weren't any crazy gas. It's just the kicker himself. The most reliable guy on special teams by far, Dan Bailey, just uh, didn't suck up too much to where Ryan did. He sucked up, uh, he sucked it up and got the job done. <clears throat> yeah, Ryan sucked up. He did miss an extra point as well, which is just getting weird. Extra points, we can, uh, they're continuing to become more and more of an urban legend, but they're harder than they used to be. But they're still, they're not that hard, are they? Is it that bad? Is it that much worse? I guess. I mean, I guess. I don't know what else to say about this game other than <laughs> it was just not good. Uh, a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of sloppy play, too many penalties. The refs were calling everything under the sun, and they didn't call a play where uh, Chad Beebe, I almost called him Don, Chad Beebe was speared. They didn't call that. Uh Vikings did get a couple calls in the game, but not too many. Generally speaking, it really highly favored Tampa, I felt. It is what it is, though. Uh, the Vikings did not lose because of the refs, but uh, certainly didn't help ourselves either. Would have been nice if Bailey was on his game, because I think the Vikings' chances of winning would be a hell of a lot better. Well, I mean, well, just simply do the math. Simply do the math. He makes all of his kicks. It's 10 points right there. Uh, you can't expect everybody to be perfect all the time, but if he did make all the kicks... Well, yeah, technically Vikings still would have lost, which is kind of funny. But maybe the momentum would have gone a little bit in a better direction. That's kind of funny when you think about it. The Vikings still would have lost the game. They still would have lost the game, technically. That is kind of funny. But again, it's a momentum thing. And, you know, defense wasn't good when it needed to be at times. Uh, and again, that bullcrap call certainly helped. It gave them three extra points, which that officially would have been the difference. So Bailey makes all of his kicks. And the Bucks don't get that bullcrap pass interference call. And, and let's not forget about the, the play before that. When the clock was running down and Brady was able to spike the ball, where magically that one just kind of floated there and floated there. And even the announcers were like, uh-huh, that seemed a little bit uh, long. That one was up there for quite a while. The ref still gave it to him again. Surprise, surprise. And then there was the uh, hurling play for the pass interference. And uh, then they got a chip shot field goal, which, of course, Bailey would have probably missed. But stuck up did not. Isn't that great? So there's the difference in the game, basically. <clears throat> so at the end of the day, Dan Bailey and the refs. We lost because of you! Both of you are going to bring home the uh, Christian Potter Memorial, quite frankly. But uh, Bailey will be the lead candidate for that. The Fran Tarkington Award is going to go to the Fran Tarkington of today's game when it came to the Viking side of the ball. Anyway, it's going to go to him. <laughs> it's going to go to Kirk Cousins. I thought he had a hell of a game in terms of being able to run the ball. He kept the Vikings in it. I mean, should it even go to him? I mean, it's like, I guess, you know, he wasn't perfect, but I thought he played a hell of a game. Uh, he did what he could. They really focused on him in that pass rush. And believe it or not, Delvin Cook uh, being able to gut this out the way he did. But uh, again, Kubiak and Cousins kind of mixing things up, so to speak, here. Getting it to Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, CJ Ham, Amir Abdullah. Very impressive. 
how they were able to kind of spread the ball around. Colquitt was what he was, an outstanding punter. It's a gosh darn shame. You know, the whole Bailey-Colquitt combination was one of the better kicker-punter uh, combinations in the NFL, I thought. I really did. And, uh, well, Colquitt's still good. And Bailey, I don't know what happened. I don't understand. But I guess I guess it's that's just how it goes sometimes. And <laughs> Bailey, well, that's probably it, most likely, when you consider it's one of the worst games ever. And he followed up one of the worst games ever last week with uh, one of the absolute worst games ever this week. So what more can you say? <clears throat> Antoine Winfield, absolutely spectacular in the game, though. I mean, Antoine Winfield Jr., just look at the numbers. 10 solo tackles, 12 total, and a sack. Antoine Winfield Jr., mm, everywhere, everywhere. And the Vikings, of course, did dominate possession time, especially early in the game. It's just a damn shame, just a damn freaking shame that, uh, you know, things just did not go our way after that first quarter for the most part. And, of course, Bailey's you know, missing everything to help. 5 of 15 on third down, 5 of 11 for Tampa, not that much better. Vikings 4 of 5 on fourth down efficiency. That's awesome. Uh, total yards 335 to 303. Vikings win that. Total plays 76. 76 to 49. Uh, it did It did harken back to the Seattle game a bit. Like, how the bleep did we lose this game? We just did. Uh, obviously, calls didn't go our way, but of course, stupid, crappy, you know, Stupid, crappy, sloppy penalties and just not getting the job done. And, of course, the kicker missing four kicks didn't help. That would have amounted to 10 points. Time of possession basically doubled here, 39.03 to 20.57 in favor of the Vikings. That is, that's crazy stuff. Yards per rush about 5 to 4. That's a lot. That's a lot, man. Penalties 5 to 5, but it felt like all the penalties we had were at the most crucial times, <clears throat> which was disgusting. Four or five on fourth down, though. And, of course, again, also getting that uh, two-point conversion was pretty nice. The play to uh, Mr. Irv Smith. He had a very good game at the end of the day, did Irv Smith. Absolutely great. Nice to see uh, Kendricks back after the freak injury last game in the uh, in the pregame warm-ups. But, my goodness, you know. Mm, mm, mm. Man. Well, the Bucks covered the point spread, didn't they? Six points. 6.5. They, they covered it, so congratulations to those of you that bet on the Bucks to win and cover. They did. <clears throat> they did. Nobody defensively stood out that spectacularly in today's game. There were some good moments here and there. Obviously, Harrison Smith's one of the best ever, but, you know, still. Uh, obviously, Gladney and Dantzler, solid. Solid enough. Brady missed a couple of easy ones, but talk is maybe that uh, the, the receivers just weren't ready for him. He was getting rid of the ball at, the, at this time, and they just weren't prepared for the play. Two wide-open plays, and that's when you thought the Vikings really had a shot at this. But no, Brady's 6-0 against the Vikings now, and that's very most likely our very last crack at uh, finally beating Tom Brady. And that's just how it goes. <laughs> that is just how it goes at the end of the day with Brady versus the Minnesota Vikings, 6-0. So that said, we'll take a quick break. And again, Fran Tarkington Award to, uh, to uh, Kirk Cousins and the Christian Ponder Memorial is going to go to Dan Bailey. And I guess that ref, that stupid call, that pass interference call, that was not helpful at all. Some of those stupid calls down the stretch. But Bailey's the main one at the end of the day. With that said, we'll take a quick break. And, well, get ready for next week.
And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look across the league and, of course, the NFC North, how teams are doing there. Green Bay, Detroit playing together, and, of course, Chicago going against the Houston Texans. We'll talk about how all that took place. Of course, the Vikings lost, so not looking good for us. I guess two teams won and two teams lost. I guess that's just the best way to look at it at this stage. Last Thursday, well, it was a rematch of a Super Bowl two years ago, and one team scored and one team didn't, kind of like uh, two years ago when the uh, Rams barely got on the board and the Patriots just, you know, they didn't put up a ton of points, but they put up enough to win. Well, and as it always goes in the meaningless rematch, when, well, the Patriots really aren't much of a factor. They have the same record as the Vikings still, which is great, 6-7. and seven. The Rams are 9-4, and four, so to their... <laughs> To their credit, they are in first place in the NFC West, and we'll see. Maybe they will get to represent the National Football Conference again because the Saints and the Packers, well, they're good, but we'll see what the Rams do after that. We shall see indeed. 24-3. to Patriots look like garbage. Cam Newton is just, I, I don't know, he's just hes just done, I think. Goff is just kind of mediocre as well, though. It's kind of like other players on the Rams that are, that are really the reason why they're good. Goff is good, but a lot of times he's just okay. You know, I gotta love the colors. I'm glad that the Los Angeles Rams do have that uh, royal blue and gold, basically, for their colors. And not like gold gold, but yellow. Like a, a yellow gold. It's a nice combination of colors. I'm a fan. I am. Even though the uniforms are a little odd. Or like the logo is a little odd, this and that. But Cam Akers is just uh, rolling all over him. He didn't get in the end zone, which is frustrating for fantasy ballers, I'm sure. But 171 overall yards, a long of 39. Carrying average of 6 yards. Pretty impressive. Cam Newton basically just bunk out there. <laughs> Jarrett Stidham attempted a couple passes. It was just an abomination for uh, New England Patriots football basically at this stage. And congratulations to the Rams. I'm sure they wish this was the score in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. But unfortunately, as history proves, that was not the case. Chicago is not going to be next. Dallas, Cincinnati. There's kind of there's a couple of blowouts in today's in, in today's games, and Cincinnati getting blown out yet again. You know, at least they had Joe Burrow. At least they had him, and well, they don't have him anymore for the same reasons as uh, the last couple of weeks. Of course, out with a knee injury. Yeah, very sad. Brandon Allen, nice numbers actually. Andy Dalton, much better. Kind of like how he played against us. Multiple touchdowns. Good quarterback rating. Zeke was okay. Tony Pollard was okay. They just blew the crap out of him though. At the end of the day. <laughs> they just got the job done to Dallas, thirty to seven. They're four and nine, obviously out of the playoff picture with nine losses. That's gonna that's gonna do you in, even with that terrible division. At least I would think so. Cooper, Lamb, you know they put up some numbers, but nothing spectacular. Cooper did get in the end zone along with Tony Pollard receiving. Greg Zerline made all of his kicks, including a fifty-five yard long. Would have helped the Vikings today. Would have helped a lot. Quite a bit. Uh, Tyrone Crawford with a couple of sacks. Good for him. Cincy, a couple of sacks. One from Magus Hunt, Margus Hunt, and Jordan Evans. So, well, Dallas, Cincinnati, kind of meaningless. Andy Dalton going against his former club and did very, very well. Kansas City, Miami, a couple of uh, nice, exciting quarterbacks here. One of them just getting started. The other is already a world champion, and they're 12-1. and That would be the Kansas City Chiefs, 33-27. to it's uh, been extremely, extremely impressive thus far at the end of the day. Um, very impressive. Miami trying to mount a comeback but came up short, just like teams usually do against Kansas City. They come up short. It's uh, certainly frustrating. 33-27 to is the final score. 
Almost as frustrating as noisy neighbors. Oh my god, it drives me nuts. Patrick Mahomes, three interceptions in the game. One of his worst games, actually. Tom Brady often struggled against the Miami Dolphins. Often. Not always, but often. Tua was, was decent. He was alright. Couple of touchdowns and an interception. Crazy to see Mahomes throw three interceptions in the game. Uh, Tyreek Hill exploded for a couple of touchdowns again with that speed and all that. Three catches, 79 yards. One of them into the end zone. Just blew by people. He breaks tackles and he runs right past you. That's basically Tyreek Hill. He's a blazing, exciting player. And Travis Kelsey, dominant tight end, one of the best in the game at this stage. Oh, man. That was a play that could have been a touchdown pass. It was a spectacular interception. Wow. Spectacular interception by the Miami defender. That was uh, quite impressive, to be, to be quite honest. Uh, looked like Brian Jones, I believe. Man, that was really something. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. Very impressive. There's another Chris Jones. This one's on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's great. But, uh, well, the Chiefs won the game, bottom line, unfortunately, for the Miami Dolphins. But they're still 8-5. and five. Still 8-5, and five, even with the loss today. Looking really good. So, Miami. So, Florida's looking good, except for Jacksonville. You get both Miami and the Tampa Bay Bucks really, really stepping up. And good for them. Good to see Florida teams doing well again. That's a good thing, especially the Dolphins, because it's been eons and eons since they've been decent. And funny what happens when you might finally have a franchise quarterback of the future. And it would be about time. It's been uh, 20 years. So, and that franchise quarterback that they had in the late 90s, still hanging around, was uh, quite past his prime when old Jimmy Johnson took over. Jimmy Johnson took over the Miami Dolphins. It was kind of too little too late. Uh, Shula definitely had a hell of a run, didn't he? 90 years old. Uh, passed away this year. Mm. Yep. Uh, yep, that was actually Xavier Howard. I'm Excuse me. Yep, that was Xavier Howard that made the spectacular interception. Forgive my ignorance there. That was, it was, you know, it was like, it looked like, well, who did it look like? That spectacular play that uh, C.D. Lamb made against the Vikings a couple weeks ago. Unbelievable one-handed, just kind of floating on air and ripping it away from Tyreek Hill before he could, well, before he could get the ball, before the ball could get to Tyreek Hill's hands. Unfortunately for Hill, a little too short uh, at the same time. But uh, it is what it is. What a, an, an amazing play. Uh, Xavier Howard. Not Xavier Rose, but Xavier Howard getting the job done. The Dolphins, unfortunately, get the loss, though. Arizona staying alive, staying alive, and they're back in the playoff picture with those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're 7-6 and six now. Vikings have their work cut out for them. Our Vikings have our work cut out for us. If you want to say that, MetLife Stadium, 26-7, to your Giants back to sucking again. And Arizona finally back to winning again, being more serious, looking looking a little more urgent as they really kind of sort of haven't the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks, Arizona just looked like crud. I mean, remember, they were 6-3. and three. They looked awesome. They were competing for the division championship, and then it was like, yeah, no, you're not. DeAndre Hopkins, another awesome game. It's been a little while since he's had one of these, but he is back in the house again. Nine catches, 136 overall yards, did not get in the end zone. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray putting up some fun numbers again. Good to see. And he did not get an interception, did Kyler Murray. Neither did the Giants quarterback, Daniel Jones, or Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy down the stretch, but nothing, nothing exciting for the Giants. Really nothing at all other than Golden Tate's 39-yard reception. And that was all just one big play that didn't lead to anything, unfortunately, for the New York Giants. The true giant in this game, though. I mean, you could talk about DeAndre Hopkins with 136 yards uh, and 
you know, Kyler Murray being a big player, this and that. You could talk about Dennis Gardak. That's an interesting name with two sacks in the game. And then you look at Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick with five freaking sacks. Five sacks in one game. I couldn't tell you, boy. That is awesome. Um, first round pick in 2013. So certainly a, <laughs> a talented guy, at least was looked on that way. What's crazy, though, he only had 12.5 sacks throughout his career. 2.5 in his rookie year of 2017, 4 in 2018, only one last year in 16 games. He had 5 this year, so hey, career high. He just doubled the career high. <laughs> that is uh, unbelievable. 5 sacks in the game for Mr. Reddick, uh, the uh, linebacker of the Arizona Cardinals, just uh, getting to the Giants and uh, making them look like midgets. Again, no offense to short people, but uh, I don't know. The New York midgets were midgets. Uh, they were midgets. And Reddick was insane. What an amazing <laughs> performance by uh, Hassan. It's not Hassan, it's Hassan, because it's two A's. Reddick, amazing performance. Cardinals, back in the playoffs. Not back in the playoff hunt. They are in the playoffs. 26-7. 7-6 seven. Seven on the season. A couple of math teams once again. I know I'm dissing the Denver Broncos all the time, and I'm dissing Carolina now because they stink. Carolina stinks. And there's a reason why the Vikings barely beat them. There's a reason why the Vikings barely beat Jacksonville because we kind of stink too sometimes. And we look kind of stinky today, even though the refs did not help. Did not help at all. But uh, that's how it goes sometimes. The kicker didn't help, but hey, that's part of your football team. If you can't make kicks, you stink too. I mean, you you got to make your bleeping kicks. And, well, we'll see what happens. Doesn't help when the coach is constantly making everyone feel like crap at times. Uh, Drew Locke was unbelievable. If you want to see that, at least. Drew Locke, still quarterback of the future for the Broncos, looking like John Elway <laughs> or somebody like that. It's going to have to be Elway, right? Other than Ken Norton, maybe back in the 70s. But John Elway, a bit better, slightly better, I think, than Ken Norton. Not Ken Norton Jr., who played for uh, San Francisco and stuff later on. But uh, Ken Norton, the original, different guy, of course, completely different guy for the Broncos way back in the 70s. Uh, four touchdown passes for Drew Locke, a near-perfect quarterback. Rating, no interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater got a bunch of yards and all that, but did not throw for a single touchdown, which is fine, I guess, because he didn't turn the ball over either. That's the good part. At the end of the day, Brandon Zilstra, three, three yards and two targets. <laughs> That's great. Robbie Anderson, Mr. Speedster. Remember him? He was pretty valuable. Again, no touchdowns for any uh, Carolina receiver. But Mike Davis did get in the end zone twice if he happened to be a little cute little pickup. And Teddy Bridgewater got in the end zone as well himself. No fumbles lost. Good for him. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a possibility. If you're not throwing interceptions, maybe he fumbled at some point because quarterbacks have the ball more than anybody. Duh. 31 yards total for Teddy in the game. Good for him, though. And good for the Broncos, though. They're 5-8 and eight, as much as that means. I guess you're just... Uh, you know, whatever. Carolina, nice comeback in the fourth quarter that didn't ultimately win them the game, unfortunately. It was giving up that crucial touchdown to Denver, which is what did them in. Drew Locke to K.J. Hamler. That's basically what did them in at the end of the day with, you know, very little time left. There was plenty of time left, but I mean, not enough. Not enough time. Not enough time. Not enough time for Teddy. <laughs> Going back the opposite of what P.A. might say. Too much time for Teddy. Not enough time for Teddy in that case. Tennessee-Jacksonville rematch of the 1999 AFC Championship game. Love to talk about that every, one, every now and then. 
Jacksonville's 1-12. They're not going to any AFC title game, even though they were there just three years ago. They were in the AFC title game just three years ago, and they were winning pretty much the whole game against the New England Patriots. That was insane. Both teams, them, the Patriots, and the Eagles put up a billion yards two weeks later with, unfortunately for everybody, the freaking Eagles coming home with that one. I don't think a whole lot of people were cheering for the Eagles, even though there's a lot of Patriot haters on this planet. Nobody wanted the Eagles to win that game, except Kobe Bryant and Carl Anthony Towns. That's about it. <laughs> Kobe Bryant and Carl Anthony Towns, I guess. <laughs> Tennessee 31 and th 31 to 10, so Tennessee wins again, just like they did in the AFC title game all those years ago. And then lost at the goal line against the St. Louis Rams. Still their only Super Bowl championship, unfortunately for them. 9-4, and four, Tennessee Titans. First place in the AFC South, still hanging on to first place despite a couple of disappointing weeks. But, uh, well, it's a well-oiled machine when you play against Jacksonville. Little did we know how well-oiled we could have been if we actually showed up to play in the game. Derrick Henry looked like Terrell Davis in this game, if you want to talk about the late 90s again. Terrell Davis type of performance, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and again, that power back like Terrell Davis style that Derrick Henry is. Um, both of the two best running backs in the league were 22, just two 22s. That all makes sense, I guess, when you look at the numbers. Derrick Henry, Delvin Cook, but Derrick Henry was the best running back in the league today. 215 yards, two touchdowns, an average of 8.3, a carry. Oh, well, we didn't quite do that last week against Jacksonville, did we? Not, not really, no. It wasn't quite the same. And this was in Jacksonville, not at home. Uh, not a home game. So, I, I don't know. How many sacks did Jacksonville get today? One. One. They didn't get the five they got last week against the Vikings, but don't forget, yeah, but they're still <laughs> the Arizona linebacker, though, with five sacks in one game. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Indianapolis Colts back to winning again. Because they've been kind of semi-up and down all year, but they're 9-4, and four too, just like the Tennessee Titans. And a team that's just, you know, gone from very, very solid to kind of disappointing. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. They're down to 7-6 and six now. 44-27. to 27. The Colts. The Colts are stampeding over the uh, the Raiders. It's just, a, it's just how it goes. Raiders just, I don't know, Derek Carr back to his multiple interceptions, uh, interceptions again. And Josh Jacobs couldn't really get going. They couldn't really get him going because they're behind the whole game. And that's how you get the interceptions as well. You take chances and mistakes happen. I don't know. It's too bad. I'd like to see the, the Raiders do better. Colts are definitely a fun team to watch, you could say. Phillip Rivers, no interceptions today, so good for him again. Uh, he, he's kind of back and forth. He always is. Jonathan Taylor, two touchdowns, 150 yards rushing. Really good running game again today. Naeem Hines, we could sure use him as a returner, even though he's not that spectacular. He's okay. He's all right. I'm noticing something here. Am I looking at this correctly? There were no sacks in the game. Wow. Good job to both offensive lines, and I guess both quarterbacks getting rid of the ball. Looks like uh, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Buffalo Bills is just getting started. I'm kind of kind of got this first segment rolling a teeny tiny bit earlier than normal, just slightly. Buffalo's wearing red. Okay, I guess that's super old school. I, I guess that's a good thing. It's like a modern version of super old school, I guess, because they wore red back in the 70s. That's cool. It's very foggy. Out on the East Coast, just like it was foggy here a few days ago, so I guess that's just how it goes. That crappy, foggy weather did what it always does. It goes east. Sorry for my uh, <laughs> sorry for my weird, monotone conversation there. This should be an interesting game, though. 
Eleven and one Steelers. Now they have to tie the Chiefs. Now they have to win just to tie the Chiefs. Kind of funny when you think about that, man. But that's how damn good the Chiefs are, and they are the world champions. And yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. They're the greatest ever. Seattle versus the New York Jets. I mean, it doesn't get really any worse than this, does it? I mean, and it's just like, okay, fire the coach. And then it's like, nah, nah, don't fire the coach. Don't fire the coach. <laughs> Why fire the coach? Let's get Trevor Lawrence in here and uh, see what happens with Josh Charles. He could be the quarterback for a couple of minutes. Maybe he could pull a Drew Brees, get really hot and all that stuff. Maybe you trade him or just let him go as a free agent. And good luck to him with the Minnesota Vikings or the the uh, New Orleans Saints or something. Yeah, maybe he'll go to the Saints to help replace uh, Drew Brees someday. He like ends up being 10 times better than we thought because you took the, the star quarterback behind uh, Drew Brees at the time in uh, Philadelphia, uh, uh, San Diego at the time, San Diego Chargers. Unfortunately for the uh, San Diego Chargers, as luck would have it, even though it was unlucky as the Saints were for so many years, <laughs> Drew Brees won that battle at the end of the day. As good as Philip Rivers was, Drew Brees won that battle with the uh, <laughs> San Diego Chargers. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> and uh, it's much as I'm not a big fan of Brees all the time, but uh, well, he's, uh, he's, he's, his career speaks for itself. I think Seattle finally won again after a couple of disappointing weeks here. They uh, well, they're still nine and four, second place in the NFC West. But they're behind in the tiebreaker with the Los Angeles Rams. They are tied with the Los Angeles Rams. 40-3 to in favor of the NY Jets. The N-Y-J. The N-Y-J. Just end the season. 40-3. to Isn't that great? Just end the season. So, yes, indeed. We will continue to move off of that. I mean, how, how much can you say about Jets versus the freaking Seahawks? Back in the day, maybe this would be the opposite. Russell Wilson, four touchdowns. He threw an interception in the game. Sam Donald got sacked three times and 132 yards and blah, blah, blah. Frank Gore ran for 23 yards. Woohoo! And he fumbled the ball. He fumbled the ball. Chris Carson got in the end zone. Good for him, I guess. And I don't really want to say a whole lot more. It's a 40-3 game. The Sea Chickens were not chickens. They were Mega Hawks. They were Mega Hawks versus the uh, downed Jets. The Just and the Seasons, basically. Green Bay Detroit will save that, of course. How about the New Orleans Saints? What is going on here with the New Orleans Saints? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. Philadelphia is what they are. They're a mess. They're weird. Their record stinks. They're 4-8-1. and one. They've had enough of Carson Wentz, and they won. They won. They they won. They beat the Saints. They they won. This could have been the NFC Championship game if not for the Manipus Miracle, you know. You know, if, if the Saints weren't just absolutely screwed by that pure luck play, you know. Just like the, the pure luck play that knocked them out the next year and that, that bullcrap referee call. Okay, that was a bullcrap call. That was, uh, yeah, that was pass interference. The Saints should have gone to the Super Bowl that year against the Patriots. That would have been a really good game, actually. Fascinating game. Two of the greatest of all time. But this could have been the NFC title game in uh, 2017, quite possibly. I don't know. Screw the Saints. They lost to the Eagles. The, the Saints lost to the Eagles. <laughs> the Saints lost to the Eagles. <laughs> and because Carson Wentz didn't go out there and stink up the joint, Jalen Hurts started, and he was okay. You know, he's about as good as you're going to get out of a rookie quarterback in his first game. He's not going to put up spectacular numbers. He ain't Patrick Mahomes. He ain't, uh, you know, he's not, uh, I don't even know who, who to compare, Peyton Manning or whoever. He's not Mahomes. He's not Manning. He's not whoever. I'm glad the uh, the Eagles took Rigar instead of uh, our, our buddy uh, Justin Jefferson, though. I'm very thrilled about that. Thank you for that. I was actually kind of worried that the Eagles were going to take Justin Jefferson. Uh, most people thought they were. 
and then they didn't, and then the Vikings got Justin Jefferson. Cool piece of history there. Taysom Hill put up some good numbers, but who cares? The interception hurt them, that's for sure. And I don't know, they just didn't get the job done, did they? Did the did the Saints? Hurts and, and the Eagles were good enough. And it certainly helps when uh, Miles Sanders rushes for 115 yards and gets into the end zone twice. It helps when he has an 82-yard scamper to pay dirt. It also helps when Jalen Hurts was putting the hurt on the Saints. 106 yards on the ground. He ran the ball 18 times. Jalen Hurts ran the ball 18 times. Ran the ball 18 times uh, for 106 yards. He did fumble the ball at one point, unfortunately, which didn't help. But Taysom Hill threw an interception as well. Hill is also a guy who's capable of scampering, and he lost the ball. So, well, uh, too bad. Uh, Too bad, so sad. Two of our least favorite teams, other than the Green Bay Packers or Cowboys, were duking it out today. Um, Will Lutz missed both of his field goals. Sound familiar? Jake Elliott missed a field goal. Sound familiar? You hear this? (laughs) Two missed field goals by Will Lutz. You hear this? That's pretty much how it is. Oh, man. Thomas Morstead, that's our best friend here in in town. Everybody loves Thomas Morstead. He had a touchback. Unfortunately, you don't want that from your punter. Damn it, Morstead. Come on now. Okay, sorry. Why am I talking about touchbacks? I don't know. This ain't this ain't no cold quit show. We want the cold quit going, but uh, yeah, the Eagles multiple sacks help make the difference along the way. Five sacks from the Eagles and zero sacks on Jalen Hurts because he's just too athletic, I guess. I mean, shoot, the Eagles just have a different vibe now. Um, they just have a different vibe. Are they gonna just kind of play some of that style, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess. Hey, if it helps them win, so be it. So be it. Uh, Carson Wentz just wasn't getting the job done. He wasn't mobile. He was making a lot of mistakes. He wasn't standing out at all. <laughs> Bleep happens. I mean, that's that's why the Eagles were disappointing. It's crazy, though, when you think they were at 13-1 and when he got injured. Isn't that just crazy? Crazy. That was back at 17, and everybody was like, the Eagles are going to be 15-1 and this year, basically. They could have been, <clears throat> but they weren't. It still didn't matter who won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. It didn't matter who won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Yay. Uh, Chargers. <laughs> Chargers. Chargers win a game. Yay. Finally won a game against the two foreign, uh, against a team that became 4-9 with the loss, and the Chargers became 4-9 with the win. It's weird seeing the Chargers stink this bad, actually, because, you know, they have talented players, including one of the best rookies, Justin Herbert, Matthew Ryan, who was also a great rookie years ago. He was the top rookie quarterback in his draft class. Russell Gage threw a <laughs> Russell Gage, the receiver, threw a 39-yard touchdown pass. Curl quarterback rating of 158.3. Perfect. Well, that must have been the difference, Magger. In fact, it had to have been because Matt Ryan was not good. Multiple interceptions in the game. Herber, Herbert, I keep calling him Herbert. No, Herbert threw an interception as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Russell Gage put the Falcons back in it. But Herbert was a little better, generally speaking, because Matt Ryan just had an awful game. And that Chargers defense occasionally actually shows up and gets the job done. Uh, Russell Gage has definitely had his moments. Calvin Ridley, spectacular performance for him with 124 yards and a touchdown. Good for him. Falcons win their fourth game. No, lose their ninth game of the year, pardon me. The Chargers are the ones that won their fourth game. I don't know why I keep saying it backwards, even though I'm looking right at it. Washington football team, well, don't look now, but the Washington football team, the team with no name, has a first place standing in the in the NFC East, and they just might get to 500, folks. Six and seven. 
Look at us now. Look at us trashing on the Washington football team. Red Hawk. No. What would they call them again? Red Tails. Red Tails, formerly known as the Redskins. The Washington Nationals. The Washington Senators. The Washington Capitals. The Washington Golden Gophers. The Washington Hawkeyes. I don't know what the heck they're going to call them. But the Washington Maroon and Gold team. The Maroon and Gold football team. Why don't they just call them that? The Washington Maroon and Gold team. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cool? It's actually, it is actually kind of cool looking. I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of like it. <laughs> I kind of like their uniforms, actually. <laughs> Even though their old logo was very creative and stuff, I kind of like the plainness of this Washington football. I kind of like it. <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's not bad, is it? It would be kind of a shame to see those colors go, actually. I kind of like it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. In San Francisco, I absolutely love how can you not love the red jerseys, the gold helmets, and the gold pants? How can you not love the San Francisco red red uniforms? How can you not love them? They're overall like home jerseys. Oh, man. Oh, awesome. It, it's, it's NFL class at the greatest. Unfortunately, they're just not good anymore. They're back to sucking just like last time they went to the Super Bowl and lost, unfortunately. Uh, used to look at that logo and just say, mm, mm, mm class. San Francisco is the greatest ever. Screw the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to beat the Packers. They're going to beat the Cowboys. You know, I had ten times rather see them win than the Packers or the Cowboys, let me tell you. Or even the Washington Redskins in the 80s. You know, that type of thing. When they were like, the Washington Redskins were one of the better teams out there. Oh, man. Mm-mm. Well, the Washington football team, golf Gophers, whatever they are, got the job done. Alex Smith is just kind of average. He actually was uh, not good. Must have been banged up. In fact, he was. What a weird game. They just won, I guess. <laughs> weird game. Uh, Dwayne Haskins came back in there and was not that special either. The quarterback position is not going to get the job done for the uh, Washington football team. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of sad calling them that. It just, But it's a cool look. I don't know why. I don't know. This is an awful game. Ugh. Awful, awful game. But, hey, uh, if you're going to win division games, or if you're, if you're going to win your division playing ugly, so be it. I suppose the Vikings might might have done that in 2015, I guess, because uh, you know they didn't really get they didn't really let Bridgewater out of his cage basically the whole year. They just kind of kept him in a little, yeah. They kept him like in a little, I don't know. It was it was frustrating. It was almost like he was caged up. Like oh no, you can't throw deep, or when you do, you know, it's just once in a blue moon. And I don't know. It seemed like they didn't really utilize Teddy that much. You're just going to hand off to Adrian 50 percent of the time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, regardless, Washington won 23-15 to in one of those uglier games you'll ever see. But, hey, they won the game. Their defense was solid, and San Francisco just wasn't good at the end of the day. It certainly helps when you get four sacks on Nick frickin' Mullins. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, just unfortunately, you know, a guy who helped take his team to the Super Bowl last year, certainly not doing that right now. Um, Buffalo and Pittsburgh right now, still scoreless, unfortunately getting uh, closer to midway through the first quarter. And it's the Brown Bowl again, and I think everybody's picking Cleveland tomorrow. Brown Bowl on Monday Night Football, and no weird schedule this week. No Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Looks like things that might have been sorted out and caught up. You're not hearing about COVID outbreaks as often this week as you were last week. I hope there wasn't too much of an echo. I might have been getting too far away from the mic. Getting a little too comfortable here, and I apologize. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns, 9-3. and three. I guess the Ravens have finally won a game again. Seven and five. Boy, they felt like a man without a parachute, didn't they? Seven and five. Kind of like the 94 Vikings when we were what? We were what? Seven and two? 
It was so exciting. I was like, man, we're going to be 8-2. and two. And then it was just... It was very depressing. I think we fell to 7-6 and six and then finished 10-6. and six And got obliterated by a crappy Bears team with a guy named Steve Walsh. Who nobody knows who the frick that is. Don't know who Steve Walsh is. Don't care either. <clears throat> so... The Bears and the Rhinos. The Bears and the Texans. The Bears take the offense and scored 36 points against Houston. Well, there you go. Um, Matt Nagy, it's about time. Maybe, just maybe you'll get to hang on another year. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> last week, it looked like the team had quit on him. Absolutely quit. In fact, the last couple of weeks, it looked like it. And then they get six freaking sacks on Deshaun Watson. And then Mitchell Trubisky throws for three touchdowns, no interceptions, 126 quarterback rating, accurate, Efficient, solid. David Montgomery runs for the century mark, including an 80-yard scamper to pay dirt. That's basically all of his yards in one little quick thing there. But still, a century mark is still a century mark. They keep Watson to only 219 yards. Didn't force a turnover, but six sacks on Watson. They kept him in check the whole game. Allen Robinson, the second, another excellent receiver in Chicago. I mean, they have multiple good receivers in Chicago. Multiple, multiple weapons there. They should be a decent offense. They just need a good quarterback. But uh, Trubisky looked like a good quarterback for a minute there. Khalil Mack with a sack. Khalil Mack with the sack. Roquan, Roquan Smith with two sacks. Bilal Nichols with a sack. <laughs> Khalil Mack with a sack. I like that. Mario. Mario Mario Edwards with two sacks as well. Man. Oof. And Brent Urban. Uh, Brett, Brent Urban. Pardon me. Also adding one, the Bears, looking like the Bears here. Looking like the real Bears. The Bears that pass rush and thump all over people with that stifling defense that made us cry, basically, the last couple of years. Made the Vikings look like idiots. But uh, why am I jumping ahead? Because that's who our opponent is next week. I do this way too often, and I'll come right back to that in a moment. <laughs> I don't know who to expect from the Bears next week. Green Bay? <laughs> I don't know. I do that way too often, don't I? It is what it is, though. I was just reviewing the game for a half a second there. Green Bay Packers are, well, they're tied with the Saints now for the number one seed in the NFC. 31-24 to over the Detroit Lions. Not the Detroit Red Wings, the Lions. Would have been kind of funny if the Lions beat them. They'd actually be in the playoff hunt if they did. You realize that, right? The Lions would be 6-7. and seven. If the Vikings are in the hunt, then the Lions deserve to be called in the hunt as well. Because, I mean, think about it. Think about it, seriously, though. I do believe the Vikings would beat the Lions in a head-to-head matchup in the next couple of weeks here. Chase Daniel, remember him with the Bears? Yeah, he got he threw a couple passes today for Detroit. Matthew Stafford did not uh, have the best game ever, but he certainly wasn't the worst. Rodgers looked like Rodgers. looked like Rodgers, kind of getting back in the swing of things again after having a couple of frustrating weeks. The last couple of weeks, have, yeah, he's, he's gotten back in the gotten back in the groove again. He really has. Good timing for him. You know, that's how Green Bay used to operate back in the day. Like Favre and the Packers and Jan- in December were pretty deadly back in the old days. And maybe uh, Rodgers is kind of getting things rolling as well. And if that's the case, that's the case. I mean, what are you going to do about it? You know, what are we going to do about it? We're not going to win the division. It's slam the door time in that for that. Ten wins already. That's the maximum. Nope, Vikings can't even win ten games anymore. So that pretty much wraps it up. <laughs> that is not the maximum type of wins. The Vikings can only win nine games on the season. The Bears can only win nine games and the Vikings can only win nine games. So congratulations Green Bay. 
winning their division championship yet again. <sighs> well, yeah, the Kings of the North. Woohoo. Aaron Jones, 69 yards. Jamal Williams as well, getting up there, 38. Devontae Adams, 115 yards. Marquez Veldez, Scandling, that'll drive you crazy when you get the big plays. Crosby made all of his kicks. Remember, he had that mess a couple of years ago where he just struggled like crazy, but they stuck with him, and he's still their kicker, and he's he's damn good. It's an amazing Crosby. And Matt Prater, the, the Lions stuck with him after a terrible first half or so of the season. He's played a lot better. He's, well, he's kicked a lot better, Yeah, generally speaking. We'll see what happens with Bailey. No news on Daniel Bailey. Daniel Bailey being cut by the Minnesota Vikings at this stage. No news yet, and I think if they do cut him, it would be tomorrow anyway. It's not like you just cut him right there on the spot. You probably want to cool off, think things over first, because at the time, you might just say, cut, 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 and then and then you're like, it's, oh, man, I didn't mean to do that, and then it's too late. He's not going to come back. He's not going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, never mind. I'll come right back. So <laughs> it's just not how things roll. We'll see what happens. Uh, Dan Bailey's still a member of the Vikings at the moment. Uh-huh. So let's get back to the bits and the rhinos. Sorry for jumping ahead. I have done that too many times this year. The Bits and the Rhinos, the Bears. Yep, talking football is the Bears on, and they call them the Bits, yes. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings lead the all-time series 61-56-2. 61-56-2. When's the last time we tied the Bears? I'm just curious about that, because you can't go over the whole load of history. We can't go over the whole load of history every single time we play the Bears, the Lions, and the Packers. We play them every couple of minutes. The last time the Vikings tied the Chicago Bears was 1967. Wow, 10-10. to 10. Fran Tarkington in the house, 10-10. to 10. Yeah, they're anora- Yeah, that's funny as hell. And we tied them in 1963, where uh, guys like Michael Jordan were less than a year old at that stage. December the 1st, 63, 17-17. Like when most of you were probably not even born yet. Some of you were and some of you weren't. The Bears had beaten the Vikings four times in a row before the Vikings beat a really crappy Bears team just a few weeks back. Gosh, that's all it was. Only the, uh, wow. That was only November 16th? Man, it feels like it's further back than that. Exciting game. Exciting game to say the least. Well, the Vikings actually sweep the Bears this year? Wouldn't that be something? Ah, this ad's blocking me here for a minute. Yep, uh, Adam Thielen had one of those big plays. Cordero Patterson returned a kick 104 freaking yards. Remember that? Bailey made two kicks. Bailey made his kicks. Come on, Bailey. Well, if he's back with the Vikings next week, hopefully he's more accurate again. He's going to have to be. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. And we had that, uh, yeah. We had a play that could have been a spectacular moment for uh, Colquitt. And that stupid Chris Boyd, and Boyd effed it up. Yeah, I mean, the game could have been a bigger uh, bigger win for the Vikings. Cook ran for 96 yards against that great, uh, just crazy. He ran for 96 yards against that crazy Bears team. Only averaged 3 yards a carry, though. 3.2 yards a carry. He had carried the ball 30 freaking times, and Madison struggled as well in the small amount of time he was out there. Cousins was very solid, except for the interception. Um... Justin Jefferson, yep, that was one of those spectacular, spectacular days. 135, that's why he's a 1,000-yard receiver already. Justin Jefferson, generally speaking, and Trubisky was nothing special. Actually, Foles, excuse me, was nothing special. Why am I talking about Trubisky? Foles, when he had that uh, scary-looking injury where it looked like maybe his hip got, uh, got maybe the, something got dislocated there. It looked really kind of scary, but nothing too crazy, luckily. 
though I'm sure it still hurt like hell, though. Maybe got pulled the muscle real bad there, something or sprained it, this and that. I haven't seen Nick Foles since that game. You got to see Tyler Bray do a whole lot of nothing in the game. He's good at handing the ball off, and that's about it. <laughs> oh, boy. The Vikings were barely staying alive at that stage. I think we're pretty much on the cusp of being done unless we somehow sweep everybody the remainder of the season. I don't know. If the Bears' pass rush is anything like it was today against uh, a guy that's pretty mobile in Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Kirk Cousins is going to have to be super mobile like he was today. <laughs> super mobile. He still got sacked five times. That's kind of sad and, sad and pathetic when you think about that. Houston is kind of a mess. You just don't know what to expect from them. They generally suck. I mean, the Vikings are better than the Houston Texans. They really are. It's just, again, six sacks on Deshaun Watson. That is impressive. And it shows this Bears defense is showing a little bit of pride again after they showed very little pride the past few weeks. The Bears defense is always going to be tough to play against. It's a matter of how pathetic the Bears offense is. And luckily, the Bears offense was pathetic. Uh, Vikings special teams was awfully pathetic in that Bears game. Remember the Tyler Boyd play and everything. And uh, Tyler Boyd, which could have been a touchdown like in his sleep, Instead, it ended up being just a penalty on Boyd, uh, jumping too early, like a complete moron. Just a complete idiot, false start. Thank you, Tyler Boyd. So you go from a touchdown to a false start in the, on the same play. It's just unbelievable when you think about that. Bears went super old school today with some cool-looking unis. Got to like those from way the heck back in the day. Because the Bears are one of those ancient triple-digit teams. You know, triple-digit, yeah, in, in A's. They're in the hundreds. Uh, over 100 years old are the Bears. They uh, had their 100th game ever. Uh, it's just crazy. 100th season, 100th season of matchups. Bears versus Packers. It's just amazing. 100 years of uh, Bears and Packers uh, going up against each other. It's pretty freaking cool when you think about all that. So many years, isn't it? Mm. Old bitter rivals, but... Uh, Trubisky, well, Trubisky, I think he's more dangerous against us than Nick Foles was going to be, even though Foles tore us to smithereens in the NFC title game in 2017. Well, it wasn't the NFC title game, and it was a completely different roster, different offense and everything. Um, it didn't fit uh, Nick Foles' strengths like that Eagles team did. Pardon me if I'm mumbling or talking too quiet. I apologize, kind of mumbling a little bit here. My uh, deep apologies. There's nothing easy about playing the Bears, really, is there? It's never easy. Uh, the fact that the Vikings finally won a game in Soldier Field, it felt like a million bucks and everything. It's just, I don't know. Vikings have been kind of weird at home this year. It's another nooner, which is cool. The 20th of December, and then the next game is Christmas Day on Friday against the Friday evening against the Nolan Saints. That'll be fascinating. That could be the uh, six feet under game if the Vikings lose. Because you lose eight games, that's got to be it, right? And, I mean, I guess you could maybe get a wild card with eight and eight record, but very unlikely. Obviously, the division's kaput because the Packers have already got 10 wins. I mean, that's it. It's all over, folks. It's over, folks. Congratulations, Green Bay Slackers on being division champions again. Same with the uh, frickin', uh, well, no, New Orleans has not clinched their division, I guess, because yeah, Tampa's still hanging around. That's interesting, I suppose. I suppose they are, huh? <laughs> okay, sorry. Washington, Washington somethings are division leaders right now. The Los Angeles Rams, New Orleans Saints, and Green Bay Slackers all trying to be uh, the top seed there. Washington obviously has no chance of getting there. The Rams are just one game behind the uh, 
the New Orleans uh, Saints and the Green Bay Packers. That's kind of funny. Maybe the Rams will wind up being the number one seed again. Wouldn't that be something? And maybe we'll see them in the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe. We'll just have to wait and see with that one. It's interesting. It's an interesting team. It's actually, in some ways, you could argue they're, it's, it's a more interesting group of players. It's a more interesting mix that could maybe actually win the Super Bowl if they somehow luckily get there. Nah, they're, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think the AFC wins it this year. It's going to be the Steelers, the Chiefs, or the uh, Baltimore Ravens. No, or, or the Bills, even. Maybe the Bills when they end their drought. And then we're the uh, one of the last teams that's still waiting after being going through heartbreak forever. There I go off on another tangent. I apologize for that deeply. Uh, and I say that sincerely. Mitchell Trubisky, well, he's... <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky's undefeated versus the Vikings. Wrap your head around that. Is, 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 doesn't that make you feel like a million bucks? Mitchell Trubisky's undefeated against the Vikings. That's, that's really cool, isn't it? Isn't that cool? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you feel like a million dollars. Latavius, Latavius, Latavius. Nope, he's not undefeated against the Vikings. This was uh, a couple of years ago. Yep, that was his rookie year. The Vikings did beat them. Yeah, 2017 was his rookie year. I'm going crazy thinking that one. He's not. Yep, and I didn't think he was. I was just kind of guessing. No, I'm I'm apologizing. Uh, this, yep, Vikings actually the last win against the Bears before this year was when we uh, won our 13th game of the season against a very frustrating-to-play Chicago Bears team in 2017. We did sweep the Bears because we swept the whole division pretty much that year. Uh, pretty pretty impressive season for the Vikings, obviously. Mr. Zabisky's rookie year, we figured we could just kick butt on this team forever. Uh, unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. You could see the Bears were getting more and more dangerous. Zabisky very weak in his two uh, matchups against the Case Keenum-led Vikings at the time. But um, I was like, no. It's like I knew I was wrong right away because I'm like, no, he's been in the league longer than just two years. It's three years, uh, Trubisky. So that's how that goes. <laughs> oh, man, the Vikings had some success against the Bears for a couple of years, didn't we? You know, We had some success for a while. We won six out of seven games from 14 to 17, and then all of a sudden, four losses in a row when the Bears got pretty tough in 18 and 19. Well, they were tough in 18. <clears throat> they weren't really tough in 19, but they were tough in 18. <laughs> and then they choked against the Eagles in the postseason. I don't know. I felt bad about that one. I mean, you hate the Eagles, especially after all the bull crap. And I don't know, that Bears team was kind of cool. <laughs> they were kind of cool that year. And then it was just like, no. And the kicker screwed them over. The, the, the double doink screwed them over in a big way, so that's just how that goes. I, I mean, other than the, the ridiculous, awful special teams gaffes by the Minnesota Vikings against the Chicago Bears, we, we should have won much more easily in that game than we did. Khalil Mack is always a threat. I mean, the Bears are still alive, if you can believe it. They're still alive. At 6-7, and seven, they're still alive. It's too bad they blew it the last couple of weeks. They would have been very much in it. They're still kind of alive for a postseason berth. For, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to catch Arizona right now. Not saying Arizona's great. I just don't know if we're going to catch them when you're a whole game behind a team and they're maybe a little bit better than you. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. It's possible Arizona could fall on their face. It's a meaningful game next week. It's an absolute meaningful game. And it's, you know, anytime you've got seven losses... It's a must-win. I mean, you gotta you gotta sweep the board here. Go nine and seven, 
and you'll have a really good shot of having a wild card that way. Still no guarantee, though. Maybe Arizona wraps it up with 10-6. and six. You just don't know. Um, I don't know where to go with this one because the Bears have been so terrible. That's what's driving me crazy about this game. Now, a 23-point second quarter is going to kind of blow things up. And Tabisky had about as good a game as he's going to have, and I don't think he's going to have a game like this again against the Vikings. He, he could. I mean, the Vikings secondary is capable of screwing themselves over. And, of course, our run defense has been extremely disappointing all season, and we all know what Khalil Mack and that pass rush can do. They can frustrate the hell out of you. They can humiliate you. Uh, Delvin Cook, I mean, he stayed healthy pretty much the entire year other than getting banged up a little bit and then coming back a few weeks ago uh, against the Cowboys. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say in this game. Oh, man, it's a tough one. Uh, it's a home game that helps, but, I mean, the home hasn't really meant a whole lot this year. The Vikings should be able to sweep this team. I think I think the Vikings are the better team, generally speaking. Vikings offense sure as hell is better than the, the Bears offense. It's just they do have talented receivers in Chicago. It's just a matter of the quarterback and all that, and just the way the offense is just not matching the quarterback, not matching the offense, the offensive design, and the fact that the quarterbacks just aren't good in Chicago. It just kind of kills your whole offense when you don't have a good quarterback. Can the Vikings' defense force them into mistakes? It's like, sure, but our pass rush is kind of hit and miss at best. In fact, it's virtually non-existent. And I think the Vikings' chances of losing to the Bears with Mitchell Trubisky are higher than losing to the Bears with uh, Nick Foles. I don't like the way the Vikings have been playing lately. I really don't. Is it going to be a come-to-Jesus type of thing during this during this week and the Vikings get their asses, get their heads out of their asses after barely losing to, or barely beating Jacksonville, barely beating Carolina? Literally, like, Carolina could have won the game easily. Jacksonville could have won the game easily. Jacksonville could have won easily. That's embarrassing. And how the Bucks turned a game when it looked like we were going to kick their butts into a game that made that made us just look stupid. We really kind of came out of that one feeling stupid, actually. The mistakes, the penalties, this and that. How do you feel about this one? I'm, I'm having a hell of a time. I got a, cra yeah, I got a crappy feeling the Bears are going to win. It's not because I want them to. I got a crappy feeling the Bears are going to win. I mean, historically in the past, with a filled up U.S. Bank Stadium, Minnesota versus Chicago late in the season, it, it oftentimes was a win. Very, very often. I don't like the way the Vikings have played at home this year. I, I really don't. I mean, laying an egg against Green Bay, against Dallas, and basically laying an egg against the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. I got a real crummy feeling that's going to happen again. I'm going to pick the Bears in this game, and the Vikings lose their eighth game, and that's it. Playoffs are done, basically, at that point, and the Bears are in the hunt, and the Vikings are out of the hunt, in my opinion. I don't think the Vikings win. I don't know why. I just think... I, I just got a feeling, man. Maybe I'm way off, but it's just a vibe I'm getting. The Vikings just haven't been able to shake whatever funk is covering the team since the Carolina... Well, no, since the Dallas game. Since the Dallas game, the Vikings have been in a funk that they have not gotten out of, man. I'm picking the Bears to win the game. <laughs> I, I just have that crappy feeling right now. I really do. Especially the lack of pass rush and the fact that the Cowboy or Bears have a ton of pass rush. And the way the offensive line has not been as good the past couple weeks, it really hasn't. They've been given up. They've given up ten sacks in the last two weeks, 
Actually, 11 sacks in the last two weeks going against the Bears. That's another reason why the Bears will beat the Vikings. Bears win. Bears win. 28, somehow, someway, 28. Maybe a defensive touchdown added. Tabisky has a couple touchdown passes, if you can believe it. I think so. Uh, and the Bears win 28-24 to over Minnesota in U.S. Bank Stadium. That's my vibe. With that, we'll take a quick break. Get to fan interaction. You will hear from Mad Martin. Mad Martin, Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland once again. Coach, a temporary coach. Well, 
legendary Daryl Bevel. Um, so there's a good argument that if we lose this weekend, you're going up against AP and Be- Bevel, and um, that's going to be a team that's going to be motivated because there are going to be players there wanting to keep their jobs. And, um, you know, Bevel's not done a bad job as an offensive coach over the years, so there is reasons to be concerned about that game. Um, and then, obviously, we have um, the Saints, and uh, who knows? Who knows where they're going to be Christmas Day? Uh, they'll certainly be chasing that number one seed. And then, finally, we've got the Bears, which um, is never easy, especially when they've got old Trubisky back in there. Um, so there's a lot of concern. I think, you know, yeah, we, we could make the playoffs, but there's a strong case to say we could lose the last four and go six and ten. Who knows, Joey? Anyway, I shall watch this game with great anticipation. Skull brothers and sisters, and uh, have a good weekend. Awesome call again. Thank you so much, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Always, always a pleasure. Skull, my brother. (laughs) Skull, brothers and sisters. Always love hearing that. Uh, Sitting here again, segment number three, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Midway through the second quarter, zero to zero. It looks kind of like a freezing drizzle or something. So hopefully guys don't slip and hurt themselves like people can do sometimes. No, (laughs) that type of thing. Well... They won't get any more hurt falling on the ground than they would anyway, I suppose. It's not like they're playing on concrete, thank God. But, uh, yeah, a little bit of sloppy game so far, but uh, who knows, maybe this is the AFC title game. Yeah, maybe the Chiefs will get upset. Yeah, right, I don't think so, unfortunately. It'd be kind of good if they did, just because, eh, well, it'd be nothing new, actually. Last year was the the difference. But, uh, no, awesome, Colin, thank you so much. Uh, interesting statistic, again, about the 16 bleeping yards in the first half versus the Jaguars last week. See, it's it's things like that and all the inept, goofy frustrations of today, including the dumbass penalties of today that tell me the Vikings are not going to beat the Bears next week. That's It's stuff like that. I, I think the Vikings have been absolute horse crap pretty much since the Cowboy game. Honest to God. Um, it's kind of like changed my mind, that kind of thing. And I don't think I have to cha- I don't think I'm having to change anybody's mind when it comes to Mad Martin. I think he sees it pretty much exactly the same. Uh, neither one of us have felt super good about this team for a long, long time. Uh, the offense has been extremely exciting most of the time. The secondary looks extremely encouraging sometimes. Uh, but it's just the general overall, status of the team, it's just generally not been good. Uh, it was an impressive win versus the Green Bay Packers on November the 1st, but that came off don't forget, getting our asses handed to us by Atlanta, who's 4-9 and nine right now. 4-9. and nine. They got beat by the Chargers today. 4-9. and nine. They stink. Uh, we should have beat Seattle who was extremely good at the time. They were actually undefeated. See, it's just the up and down play to the level of your opponent confused and then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, Dan Bailey can't make a kick anymore. I don't get it. I don't get it. So it's like it's stuff like that that sets me in a in a motion of like I don't think we can beat the Bears. Uh, at first, you thought it was Detroit. That's actually the season finale. See, yeah, it is kind of confusing a little bit with all the multiple division games at the end of the year. You might get those flip flopped. We all knew Christmas was the Saints. Merry Christmas. I got a feeling it's not going to be a super merry game, but maybe it will be. 
Maybe we'll play to our level, or maybe we'll play to the level of our opponent again and beat the Saints. Wouldn't that be cute? You know, and it's like, well, okay. We might end up finishing 8-8. Eight and eight. We might end up finishing 9-7. and seven. Uh, There's a real shot. We could be 9-7 and seven still. Sure, we could beat the Bears next week, but I, I don't think... I don't know. I'm just not that confident about it right now. Uh, that's why we're in second place place so far, because we're 1-0 versus Chicago, 1-0 versus Detroit, 1-1 versus Green Bay. Actually, pretty good record versus the division so far this year. Only one loss to Green Bay in the season opener. Uh, that was a high-scoring mess of a game. It was all over the place. I'm surprised we scored 34 points. That's because we mounted a dramatic comeback and still lost. Um, this season is just going to be another one of those, kind of like 2018, Kind of like 2006, where I was like, what could have been? 2016, pardon me. Another one of those what the hell, I mean, what could have been type of years where, you know, you lose by one point to Tennessee. You lose by one point to Seattle. You don't even show up for Green Bay. You bleep around with Dallas. You know, that's three games right there. That would make us 9-3 and three right there. 9-3. and three. Just, just think about that. You could still lose to Indianapolis, Green Bay games like that. You could still lose those games. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Today, and, and, and today, today would have been our third loss. We would have been 9-2 and two going into today's game. Do you realize that? You realize that for a minute? Just just for a minute here. 9-2. and two. Think about that. Think about how good the Vikings would have actually been. We would have been on a 9-game win streak in that case. It's kind of funny. Uh, where the Vikings basically woke up against Tennessee. See, because you notice how much better the Vikings played except for the flipping Atlanta game, which is, again, that's the kind of game where coaches wind up getting fired after the game. Uh, you're 1-5. See, if Zimmer didn't have a pretty good, you know, stronghold, so to speak, with the Vikings, a pretty good, you know, pretty good roots, so to speak, dug in because of his contract, and the fact that the players still generally play for him, he would have been fired after the Atlanta game. Guaranteed he would have been fired after that. And then you had you would have had your little sugar high anyway versus Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, sweeping three divisional games, which is extremely impressive. Maybe you keep it going versus Dallas. Who knows? Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Coach firings don't usually save seasons, but once in a blue moon they might. Uh, but, yeah, the way we lost to Dallas and then came back and just, you know, peed down our leg versus Carolina and somehow won. And then shot the bed versus Jacksonville and somehow won that one and shot the bed versus Tampa Bay despite an awesome, awesome start, dominant start, dominant time of possession versus Tampa Bay and then you end up pretty much losing by you know, double digits because you couldn't make kicks, that wasn't, that was just part of it, you couldn't uh, be disciplined in certain certain times, you couldn't be disciplined stupid pass interference, defensive pass interference, then ended up leading to a Tampa Bay score uh, and that was not the Todd Davis one. That was bullcrap. The Todd Davis one was not pass interference. I'm sorry. Go ahead and talk all the smack you want, Green uh, Tampa Bay fans out there. I saw. I just kind of noticed that floating around on Facebook. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very winnable game today. Vikings should have actually, you know. And if the Vikings were like a quote-unquote normal team, we would have beaten Tampa Bay. But I guess we're just not a normal team. We're kind of all over the place. We only scored 14 points today. Do you realize that? With how dominant we looked, we only scored 14 points today. You hear this? <laughs> Isn't that weird? So yeah, stuff like that. Uh, me and Mad Martin definitely kind of uh, agreeing on probably about 90% of everything pretty much with that call, and you could just get the same vibe from him pretty much. I love giving him the floor. I love letting him just go, and I think that's awesome. Uh, keep keep him coming. 
Dave Martin, Mad Martin, you are a legend of this show. You are a legend of Brule Mafia, my friend. You will uh, never not be welcome on this show. The keys to the castle, you know, you know the keys to the castle are yours, so to speak, as uh, they say on the soda pod to, to guests and such, uh, certain guests that they just love. They say the keys to the, uh, you have the keys to the castle. So the castle of Purple Mafia, right? You're like, so what? Who cares about Purple Mafia? It's just some old podcast that nobody listens to. There's all these other big, juicy, sexy, nice ones that are all over the internet now. They're, they're way better. Well, I don't know. Maybe you might think that. Who knows? Next. <laughs> don't give them any ideas now, right? No. I don't know. I, I would like to believe Purple Mafia is still one of the mainstays out there for people. I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if this was from last. Yeah. Let's just continue where we're supposed to be. Episode 331. Episode 331. Malcolm McSween liked and retweeted it. Thank you very much. Out of California. We'll get to hear what he says about the butter. I think he says it. I know uh, Matt Martin does. The Irish butter that we'll talk about. Vince Germano also uh, retweeting the most recent episode. Thank you very much. And Sam Gupta out of Cali retweeting it. Janae Brown out of New Zealand retweeting it. Here we go. Mad Martin says... Loving the extra long podcast, Carrie Goldbutter, and love the Irish accent. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Hope nobody minded that at the end of the day. I, I hope you didn't. Uh, I didn't hear from Malcolm about that one. At least I don't think so. I don't think I did. Doggone it. <laughs> Doggone it. Yeah, I, I need to try that one. I don't know if I, I don't know if they sell it at the Byerly's here in Golden Valley. Because let's just say Byerly's is in my neighborhood in Golden Valley. So, oh my God, you know where I live now. Watch out. Mad Martin, Northern Scotland, says, hoping they find a way to win today. Don't see it. And I was saying, basically, I agree. Uh, Malcolm was saying it has it has a Vikings versus Seattle feel to it, completely dominating and still find a way to lose. That's exactly what it was, Malcolm. Exactly what it was. I mean, it's exactly. Just the score wasn't as close. That's the only difference, really. But it was exactly the same. I mean, the, the time of possession, you know, we doubled the time of possession for the Bucks. Doubled. And we still lost by 12 points? Really? That's weird. You'd think Cousins threw three interceptions or something. But, of course, I'm sure if that was the case, our time of possession would have been a lot less. A lot less in that case. I was saying we are now losing a game that we should easily be ahead in. What else is new under the sun? (laughs) Black Space Gaming. I still have not heard a confirmation from Sebastian Barton, Sebastian Balls, that that's him. He says, uh, that should pretty that should not be a penalty on Smith at all. Worst call. The helmet to helmet. Uh, that is kind of an all over the place one, I guess. That's a tough one. That is a tough one to say, uh, unfortunately. Uh yep, they're just saying Dan Bailey left a lot of points on the board. Yeah, he did. Mad Martin says, You look at the numbers and then score. It makes no sense. Cannot finish drives. And the kicker needs to go. Mad Martin earlier was saying, can we cut the kicker at halftime? Yeah. So Vikings football, he said later on. Mad Martin continues, says, not much to moan about other than Dan Bailey missing four total kicks, three field goals, and one extra point. That single-handedly can just take you out of the game. This has been such an up-and-down season from 1-5 and five to 6-6 six and six was a, was some effort. But we are not a contender. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we kind of, you know, we had our little run. Our cute little run. We had the awful start. Cute little run. And it's like it ran out of gas. And I mean, it ran out of gas. Ever since the Dallas Cowboys 
whatever run there was, I think it's gone. I think it's right out of magic. Oh, man, man, man. Yep. <laughs> NFL says Vikings at Buccaneers. Tom Brady and the Bucks prevail as Minnesota is once again brought down by the kicking game. You hear this? Yeah, I think you heard it. <laughs> okay, again, this is the Twitter account. I don't even know if I said that. I don't think I did. At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. Do you like, like, uh, do follow that if you could. It would be greatly appreciated. Mad Martin again says, this stat says it all. Regulation losses with 39 plus minutes of possession this season. Vikings 2, rest of NFL 0. 0. What? I mean, that's f- freaking awful. I think you nailed it on the head, buddy. Uh, brother. I think you nailed that one on the head. You 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 really did. Uh, it's it says it all, all right. I mean, <laughs> it says it all. Uh, we have Two losses this year with 38-plus minutes time of possession. The rest of the league is zero losses this season. Malcolm liked that tweet, and understandably why he would like that. Great, great conversation. Thank you always, Mad Malton, as he will be getting a star, like 99% chance. And I think Malcolm should get something, too, at some point. Oh, yeah, Malcolm is a Hall of Famer, too, man, legend. Purple Mafia show. What, I, what I'm kind of sad about, should I say this? I think I'm going to say this. Something that's been kind of sticking in my craw the past couple of years. Certain people I put in the Hall of Fame and then they vanish. Names like what happened to the what happened to Justin and Josh Mayer Henry? Like I never see them anymore. Tony Coleman. Tony Coleman was around for about 10 years. I don't know what happened to Tony Coleman. I don't know. It's kind of sad. Kind of sad. About 10, 11 years. Uh, he's vanished off the face of the earth. Justin and Josh Mayer. What happened to Josh Mayer, Henry? He was really good. He was always on here. So, shout out to you guys in case you're still listening. Maybe you just haven't been available. It's not personal. It's business. Maybe you're still listening. But if they've just flat out left, what the hell? What the hell? Did I embarrass you by saying you're a Purple Mafia Hall of Fame member? Or what the hell happened? Those of you that have stuck around, Mark Carlson, Tanae, Mucky Malcolm, uh, Cedric is back. Uh, Cedric is usually fairly quiet, but yep, he, he was a brand new Hall of Famer last year. Uh, Mad Martin, guys like that. Uh, many of you, Dave Hickey and such. Um, Gerald String. I could go on with that last season. Those of you guys have been loyal and hung around forever. Some of you just vanished. Brett McCarthy, too. Uh, thank you, Brett. Always, always as well. Big time. But some people disappeared. I don't understand that. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe just, uh, sometimes that's just how it goes, though. I mean, there's some names I could mention from back in the day that were absolute regulars on this show, and you haven't heard from them in five, six, seven years. It's kind of weird and kind of sad, but I guess that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the world goes. That's how, that's the media for you. Maybe if you're still out there, the Justin Days, the Anthony from L.A., guys like that. Think about that. Anthony from L.A., that's like ancient history now. He used to be an absolute regular on this show. Justin Day used to be a regular. Justin in Rochester. Probably pissed him off. I don't know. Probably pissed both of them off. <laughs> unfortunately. but uh, And it's not Vikings related. It's something else, unfortunately. Uh, that's again, that's how it goes, though. Not everybody's going to agree with you on everything yet. But remember Chris Tucker way, way back in the day? Vanished off the face of the earth. You know? It's kind of sad to see people disappear like that. Gerald String, Nebraska. Again, a guy that has hung around the whole time. God bless you, man. Seriously, man. God bless you 1,000%. Gerald String, Nebraska says, You knocked this out of the park. Your show just keeps getting better and better, and all the history and stats are awesome. 
No, I am not a Patriots fan by any means, but all the Tom Brady stats are mind-boggling. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm not really an NBA fan. Sorry, LeBron. You will never be anything close to what Michael Jordan was to the league and to just sports in general. In the same way for the NFL, Tom Brady is the uncontested GOAT. Yep. You know what? <laughs> Thank you. Both of those are awesome statements. And obviously he's still got a few things to say, which is great. Michael Jordan, yes. I think Michael Jordan is the absolute true GOAT of the NBA. LeBron, LeBron, there's a Brady factor with LeBron where you're not seeing the age, but Michael really didn't see any age either until he went to the stinking Wizards. It's because he was out of the league for three years and put on weight and everything. And once you put on weight, you're done. Even when you lose it, your body's still not the same anymore. It's, it's done. Tell me about that one. I wish I didn't put on any weight. I'm mad at myself, man. Believe me, I need to get rid of it, but I don't know. It sucks. Um, there is a Brady side to LeBron in terms of he, he just kind of keeps going and he knows all the little health tricks, this and that, rather than like jogging down the court, you know, when, when there's a stoppage, just walk. And you know, Tom Brady doesn't panic ever. He just kind of walks. And he never gets, you know, he never gets sacked. He just kind of walks. Tom Brady's the absolute GOAT. Um, it's too bad Joe Montana just kind of dropped off. It's too bad he got hurt and this and that. Because he, he was absolutely the GOAT until Tom Brady became that. Once Brady beat the, once Brady's comeback, what sealed it for me was the comeback versus the Atlanta Falcons. I thought he was pretty much tied with Joe Montana when uh, the Patriots beat the Seahawks. But once, uh, once Tom Brady led the Falcons back from that 28-3 to deficit, that was it. It was over. The conversation was done. Tom Brady's the GOAT. And I still remember saying that on that uh, podcast of the Super Bowl. That's why I cover the Super Bowl every single year. Cover the playoffs every single year. Because the NFL postseason is, for one, it is the best of all. It is the best because it's a single game. It's not like you're covering a whole series. Bucks versus, you know, Milwaukee Bucks versus Boston Celtics, blah, blah, blah. It's fun. But it's harder to keep up with at times because there's games on all week and you're not going to be able to keep up with every single game all the time, you know, when you have a busy schedule. But, you know, when it's one game, one and done in the NFL, like it was in soccer and the freaking Minnesota Loons experienced the same heartbreak that uh, the 2009 Vikings experienced pretty much, where it was there and it was gone. Complete bullcrap, kind of like the 98 Vikings as well. The only time they trailed in that game was the final score. <laughs> yeah, they were one couple minutes away from going to the cup final. Never thought I'd say that, but it did. Let's go back. Sorry, I'm sorry. You got me going, Gerald. You're going to get a star for sure now. I mean, it's getting it's getting engraved already, buddy. <laughs> he says, uh, no one even close when it comes to Tom Brady's the uncontested goat. No one even close except we don't know how good Mahomes will be down the road. Mm-hmm. But he's got a long way to go to be in Brady's category. As far as I'm concerned, you can go four hours if you want to, Joey. You are the go to Vikings podcasting, period. End of story. Wow, thank you so much. Now, that's a compliment. I didn't expect to hear that. And, you know, I don't expect anybody to think that of me. But uh, to see that is, uh, to see that in black and white right now, it is uh, insane, insane feeling. Thank you so much. Uh, I it's an incredible honor, especially when you see all these shows pop up all over the years and they have these glitzy, sexy-looking logos and they have, like, 107 reviews and they're all five stars and I have, like, 44 and I'm, like, checkered past because of the early days. I got real... I, I was trolled really bad in the early days. 
you know plus i didn't have a very good microphone back in 2008 it was very cheap and didn't have like a legitimate one so my ratings were pretty harsh on on uh you know the you know the uh not ratings and it's in numbers the numbers weren't good because it was you know the early days until 2009 then really got going because of farb but uh i mean the actual you know reviews on itunes and stuff were kind of harsh sometimes and it seems like it's never really recovered ever since then <laughs> so it's just hearing you say that and then you know it's just yeah i mean i i, I get frustrated and discouraged sometimes when i see all these people with 107 five-star reviews and it's like how, how come i can't get anything near that it drives me nuts but uh hey if you want to help please do well, those of you out there i'm sure gerald already has um before i, I know many of you have and if you're if you have the ability to do so please do that would help but uh yeah that's kind of what's been discouraging over the years but again seeing what you wrote there is uh very uh very heartwarming thank you so much Gerald Whew, man yeah that was that was nice <clears throat> here we go start one trade one bench one cut one now this was Mr Zabriskie, Carson Wentz Sam Darnold Darnett Darnold with his three interceptions on uh, your regular basis and uh, who the heck is that? Glennon. Glennon of the, uh, Mike Glennon of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Five comments. So I wound up with, I was saying start Darnold, which sounds crazy probably to most of you. Bench Glennon. Trade. So you keep Glennon as a backup is my point there. Trade Wentz. Hopefully get something for him. Cut Trubisky because of the finances and such. If you could cut Wentz though, it's probably even better. Trade, trade Trubisky and cut Wentz. But I'm guessing you'd get more in return for Wentz, there's a possibility. With Jabisky, you probably couldn't. Um, I don't know. I'd take my chances with Darnold, I think, out of that group. Brett McCarthy simply says, agreed. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, Wentz, and Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says Wentz would be a risk. I think he's beat down. He would have to be retrained. Yeah, it'd be something like that. It would. Um, yeah, Wentz is definitely beat down. I don't know what the heck. He's like mentally all messed up. Eric Mustard, there he goes, staying in South Dakota here. He says, uh, thinking from the Vikings perspective, start Javisky, cut Wentz, bench Glennon, trade Darnold, and he has the tongue sticking up. That's an interesting thought. <laughs> interesting. Hmm. Start Javisky, huh? Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Yep. Well, well, well. Cornerback. Holton Hill was waived by the Vikings, and now the comments are not popping up. And now they are. This is the Facebook page, by the way. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Um, Brad McCarthy says Hughes can go too. Yep, uh, Mike Hughes. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I was telling him I can't kiss or disagree with that at all. He drove me nuts he, and so freaking unreliable. Brad McCarthy says, never liked his play. Yeah, I, I I know it. Yep, yep. He was saying that about Holden Hill. I liked Holden Hill his first year. He looked very promising in his first year. But since then, it's been pretty much poo. Let's go with the in-game thread a bit, dig around, play around a bit. Yeah, this one's going to get closer to two hours again, possibly. But uh, I guess people like it. So if you like it, you like it. And thank you for liking it. Gerald String says, <laughs> well, that's a wrap. Crappy kicker today and not and just not enough in the tank. Face it, a relevant team. Met a team that's just, that just isn't this season. Yeah. Man, we're hanging tough. Fourth, two fourth down conversions in a row. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
at the time. There were some good, uh, interesting moments. Bailey left 10 points on the field, according to Brett McCarthy, and he's right. Going to be a long ride home. Can't blame anyone but him. Mike Dale says, hell yeah, it's about time they consistently threw to Irv Smith. Yeah, absolutely. He thinks uh, Tom, Brett McCarthy says, I think Tom Brady will be smoking now in the second half. Uncle will come out smoking. He kind of did, didn't he? Yeah, can't protect Kirk. Rod Buffington, there he is. Uh, Don Bailey, <laughs> Don Bailey, I know, that's a mistake. Dan Bailey can kick better than that guy. Absolutely, so can Buff, says uh, Kirk, Kurt back. Rod Buffington, yep, he must, yep, he must know uh, Kurt. I, I think they know each other. So that's cool, thank you, Kurt, for uh, bringing him in there, if you did. Bailey missed three field goals, see us, says Brett McCarthy. Two-point conversion, don't bring out Bailey. Oh, bleep, Drew Samaya. Yep, yep, Drew Samia, pardon me, came in the game. Drew Samia came in. Yeah, we gave up six sacks in the game. So that's what kind of game it was for the Vikings. Dale says, Mike Dale says, great job Kubiak on the offense, eating up just about the entire first quarter. The ball is barely in Brady's hands so far. Dan Bailey, since we, we're in the middle of this festive season, I'll use the analogy of the movie. Analogy of the movie. It's a wonderful life. Yep. Dan Bailey doesn't need to be George Bailey and be the hero where he saves everyone in the entire town. However, right now, he's playing like senile, dysfunctional uncle Billy Bailey, who just accidentally handed over, I mean, handed the evil Mr. Potter, Tom Brady, 8,000 of the family business deposits to keep the building and loan, i.e. the Vikings, from going out of business. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way to to look at it, it really is. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Oh boy. Mike Dale says, Alrighty, it's it's bleep or get off the pot time. Show us you're a playoff caliber team by beating a halfway decent team. For me, today is the is actually is the actual part of the playoffs as from this point forward. If we lose one more game at any point this season it's likely over. I, I know what you mean. I, I do. I was saying so much pent-up hatred for this hatred for this team. The only reason I ever considered liking them is Brady. Uh, and Kurt Back was saying the Vikings are doing themselves are doing uh, the Vikings are doing to themselves right now. Those calls were legit. And I was saying mostly our fault. It's just driving me insane. I'm so bleeping pissed right now. Says Kurt Back. Mike Dale says, "Yep, shooting themselves in the foot as always. Sick of it. Change the effing record already." I wish we could have. I was saying there's no way Dan Bailey's employed by the Vikings tomorrow. You got a couple of long comments here. See what uh, Mike Dale says. Oh, they're not that long. This point, uh, Mike Dale says, this point, Daniel Carlson couldn't be worse. Oh, no doubt. At this point, yep. When you're within field goal range and your head coach still consistently goes for it on fourth down every time, then it's safe to say that you've been made completely redundant. Yep, like he's just had enough. Gerald String says, you hate to make knee-jerk reactions, but man, is, is, but man, this is two games in a row. It's got to be all between the ears. Just weird. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing Bailey's heading home for Christmas this year. I feel bad for the guy, but just not getting her done. McDale yeah. says, some perplexing missed, missed throws by Brady. Yep, that was those weird, weird throws. Yep, that was, it was weird. Some people say there was a little bit of, uh, yeah, they, 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 it's like the t him and the receivers are just kind of off cue, and that's kind of what's really happening. It's kind of a combination of him and the receivers. They're just, one's thinking fast, one's not thinking fast enough, and it's just not a uh, combo. 
I think that's kind of always been the case for Brady the last few years with the receivers and even in New England. But even though he's got super talent in uh, Tampa, you'd think it'd be uh, much better. Gerald Strings says, crap, had a great drive going. Dakota completely whiffed his block. No chance. Yep, that was frustrating. Dakota Dozier. Yep, yep, yep. We were talking about... Yep, I was talking about uh, Dan Bailey. Um, Brett McCarthy was saying that guy is hot trash. Kurt Back says he's bleeping, choking, get him out. Yep. Gerald Spring was kind of laughing at uh, Dan Bailey. says, nice man, nice move by Cousins. Bailey warming up like if we would still use him. The only chance he will get is to kick off if we ever score. Oh, that's funny. Dave Hickey says, Dan Bailey is personally responsible for this loss, and the DBs haven't helped either. Cook and Cousins are playing great. Wait a minute, you say. They haven't lost yet. Well, yes, they will. It's just a matter of one quarter and five minutes left. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could see it happening. I was saying 17, unans 17 unanswered points when we should have been up 10-0. to zero. Brad McCarthy says, unreal. Dave Hickey says, Dave Hickey's out of Iowa. He says, I don't care who they got behind Bailey. He needs to be cut now. Former Cowboy sucks bleep. Uh, Gerald Spring says, could be 23-16 if we had a kicker. Why do they always go through their mental crisis when they play for us? Carlson's been kicking for the Raiders forever. Bailey used to be a, used to be money for the Cowboys. Jesse Ball says, I live in East Tennessee, Tennessee, and the Vikings are on my TV. It's a Christmas miracle. Need the win. Brady is off early. We need to take advantage of stack points before the second half. Roger Imboden, Imboden on board says, Harrison gets a penalty on that. That was the head on helmet on helmet. BB gets speared after he was down. Nothing. Now on a Hail Mary, they make that call unbelievably getting screwed. Yeah, that was bad. That was, a, that was bull crap, the uh, pass interference. I agree with that one. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, man, there's Cedric Paulding. Dan Bailey has one damn job, and he's losing this game for us in a big way. Yep. No question about that. Yeah, Mike Dale, OG's Bailey again, yep. Yep, uh, run, Kirk, run, first down. Yep, Brett McCarthy, yep, was excited to see that, and so was I. So was I, yep, that was cool to see Kirk actually running for a couple of first downs these past couple of weeks. It's pretty surprising, actually, but it's nice to see. Let's get to the post-game thread and wrap this sucker up before it gets too much longer, I suppose, even though some people like it that way. All comments, on it. Brett McCarthy says, let's load this up. Brett McCarthy says, when your kicker leaves 10 points on the field, well, that's why we lost. Pretty much, yeah. We lost because of you! Right, like that soundbite. Yep, I love that soundbite. Mac Mike Dale agrees. Blame this on Bailey. No one else says Brett McCarthy. Patrick Grant, welcome back. He says, Dan Bailey needs to go. Gerald Shring has some... Uh, there's a gift going here, and oh, that was funny. Yep, he's going to kick the ball, and he kicks the other player. Yep, it's his little cartoon. I forget what they call that cartoon. I recognize it. Kicks the player instead of the ball. That's what I bet Charlie Brown wished he could do to Lucy sometimes. Is kick her butt right through that upright instead of the ball with the way she would always pick on him. But uh, that's how that goes. I'm not uh, 
condoning abuse now. I'm not condoning abuse. I'm just kidding. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Gerald Spring says, gotta be about the easiest targeting in Ponder picks you've ever seen. Not going to even mention it. Gerald Spring says, for sure. I hope targeting was, uh, well, who was the targeting for you? That, I don't know if that was the easiest, was it? Probably Cousins, right? Because that's pretty much where I went. Where Ponder, yeah, Bailey, of course. Uh, I, I hope I didn't fail you guys and mention the wrong one. I hope I didn't. But I might have. I might have when it came to the uh, the Targington one, anyway. Dave Vicky says, I wouldn't be surprised if Zimmer doesn't cut Bailey after the last two performances and his hatred of kicker. Something, something seems to be in his head. Yeah, it's really weird. Jeff Froyland says, What am I seeing here? Okay. I think... I think for this week you should change it to the Blair Walsh Memorial. Yeah, maybe I should. Okay, I'll give him an honorable Blair Walsh Memorial for... Uh, thank you, Jeff. That's a good one. Blair Walsh Memorial for Dan Bailey. It was more of a Blair Walsh where it's a bad kick, bad kicking day for somebody. In this case, uh, Dan Bailey. Dave Vicky says, Not only did Bailey blow it today, leave 10 points on the field but he seemed to drag the whole momentum down and the stupid penalties, too. Those were killers. Oh, the penalties were absolute killers, weren't they? Mark Carlson says, this isn't a team that is going anywhere, even though they have star players that are holes. And like the Titanic, it's listing and it won't be long till it rolls over and goes under. And while we are far from the worst in the league, mediocre is not something I can cheer about. I know that feeling so well. So well. So well. Even just being 10 and 6 just doesn't do much for me anymore. This is funny how it, how it turns out. Mike Dale, here we go. We are who we thought we were. Yep. <laughs> we are who we thought we were. That's going to be the title of this episode. I was thinking that last week because I had a feeling we were going to lose to Tampa. And instead of they are who we thought they were, we are, we are who we thought we were. Yep. So you nailed it, Mike Dale. I was thinking that last week that that was going to be the title of this episode. I just knew we were going to find a way to lose to this Tampa team, and I would come with that one. So you nailed it, Mike Dale. That's it. Good job, buddy. <laughs> awesome. Pros, Irv Smith Jr. and maybe Delvin Cook. Justin Jefferson wasn't too shabby. Cons, Harrison Smith. He may be my favorite player on that young beleaguered defense. I even wore his jersey to the bar today. But he's starting to earn a reputation as a player who likes to target who likes to target or lead with his helmet. He's not Vontaz Perfect. Yep, he's not Vontaz Perfect. Yeah, I remember him with Cincinnati Dirty. But now he's firmly on the league refereeing crew's sheet as a repeat offender. Early in the season, I felt he was a little hard done by the officiating, officiating crews, but this week, he definitely led with his head. And yeah, I'm on your side about this. It's helmet to helmet with arms on the side to lay that lick on a player that really was not going any further. And yeah, that's true. He was already done. He is the brains, i.e., scheme-wise, most intelligent player on that defense. But he wasn't very smart there. Now, it's hard to be the hitman when you have to walk on eggshells because the referees are now penalty happy and keeping you under the microscope, just waiting for you to F up again. Dan Bailey, what can I say? I've never seen a player go through the entire season and be consistently automatic to suddenly forget how to do his job. It's like he was suddenly possessed by someone else. For the past two weeks, his right leg has been possessed by Christian Ponder's right arm. Does he owe money to some dangerous people, or is he about, or is he under some other extreme stress? 
that we don't know about. So, so strange. Definitely should bring in a sports psychologist as this seems to be some Chuck Knobloch type bleep here. Kirk, yep, Chuck Knobloch type bleep. Yeah, like Chuck Knobloch when he couldn't even throw it at first base from second base, uh, second base position there. Because that's the easiest throw on the field is second base to first. Because you're not throwing from second base. You're in between second and first. It's, you know, yeah, it's a very short throw. And nobody understood that one. He could make the play with his glove and then just simply throwing to first. It was just error after error after error. Oh, boy, it's weird. Kirk Cousins. I don't think I've ever seen any other quarterback with worse pocket awareness. I know... What's that word? I know nonagenarians who are more more unaware of what's going uh, going on around them in their surroundings than this guy. I fear that's the end of our playoff hopes. If we get help and somehow slip through to the playoffs, it'll be completely undeserving and counterproductive. Basically looking forward, what quarterbacks might still be available mid-round in the draft? Sad performance. Maybe mid, mid-first mid round in the draft, hopefully. Or go from there, hopefully for something, or some kind of trade, huh? Dave Vicky's responding to Mike Daly. He said, very good thoughts. Something or someone is in the Bailey brain. As for Harry, I don't think he's Dirty Harry. <laughs> dirty Harry. You feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Right? That'd be cool. So many hits are bang, bang, and so many players, both offense and defense, lower their heads right at contact like two Rams about to battle. The Vikings are the epitome of average. Once every 10 years get to a championship game and piss down their legs and break their fans' hearts one more time. You nailed it, Dave. You really did. I think both of you guys should get a star today. I really do. Uh, and Kirk Back wraps it up saying, total disaster. Kirk Back out of Lakeville. So that should wrap up the uh, interactions. Of course, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Well, I think three people firmly have stars today. Firmly have stars today. Mad Martin's firmly, Brian Martin firmly has a star. Gerald String, Gerald String firmly has a star. Four people do. <laughs> Dave Hickey for sure. Mike Dale for sure. <sighs> Absolutely for sure. Uh, Brett McCarthy should as well. Brett McCarthy's going to bring in a silver plated bronze. Gold star is going to go to. Boy. Gold star. It's going to go to Mike Dale. Uh, Silver Star with gold plate on it's going to go to uh, Mad Martin, Dave Martin. Dave Hickey's also going to bring in a silver. Just awesome show, awesome conversations. Gerald String, uh, yeah, Gerald String's going to ring in a gold-plated bronze. Think about that, if that makes sense. Because what a beautiful thing he said. Um, Man, like a gold-plated bronze, if that makes any sense. (laughs) Absolutely awesome, awesome Awesome interaction, guys, and thank you for what you said, Gerald. That was just the best thing ever. You know, thank you so much for uh, calling me the goat, so to speak. <laughs> I, I wish I was, you know, but maybe, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I wish I was, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I always try to be humble, but at the same time, you know, same time you get frustrated. New shows pop up, and you see what I, like I just mentioned. Sometimes even a thousand ratings. A thousand ratings, and like, 993 are like five stars. It's like, seriously? So, sometimes that's how it is out there. I don't know how they get that many ratings. Oh, Buffalo's up 9-7 to seven at the half. That's nice. What kind of celebration is that? What was that? That was weird looking. 
what is that, college ball? <laughs> that looks like a college football celebration. Oh, okay, well, we're right in the middle of the Christmas season. Finally got a tiny bit of snow on the ground, a tiny, tiny bit. I'm guessing it'll be gone before you know it, which is kind of a bummer. I wish it would last forever. Uh, not not forever, but last until, you know, like March, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, without being a huge mess and being a big disaster and you have to shovel like five feet of snow and accidents everywhere and you can't, you know, and you have a headache just trying to get to your stinking job, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's no fun. But, uh, yeah, just a little cute bit of snow to make it look a little whiter out there is a good thing. To make it look like winter, to make it look like Christmas season. Is that so bad? I don't think it is. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Just thank you, thank you always. Please write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or whatever, if you could. I mean, I'm going to just say it again. Please do. Please write a positive rating for Probo Mafia, uh, if you could. I know you're out there. I can, I can hear you breathing, some of you. <laughs> some of you, not really. I know you're out there. Uh, numbers indicate that there are listeners to this show. Might not be millions, but there's, uh, you know, there's there, there are listeners to this show. And please do write a rating if you could. Uh, even if you just simply click on the five star and don't write anything. It's better than nothing. Uh, nice positive rating helps, though. It just helps. We need to bring that rating up. It's better than it should be. The old trolls have messed with, with the show back in the old days. It just kind of damaged it forever, which is really frustrating. <laughs> it's like starting 1-5, and five and then you go 11-5. and five. I'm trying to get to that 11-5, and five and then go to the Super Bowl and win it against all these other uh, upstart shows. That would be great. With that said, <laughs> that's a football analogy. Wish I could figure out what the heck is wrong with my tree now. Another row of lights is out, and I don't know what to do anymore. I'm just frustrated. And then you get replacement lights, and they're not the right size. That's great. They're not even the right size. I couldn't tell you the difference, man. They all look the same. They don't even list the size, so I couldn't tell the difference. And, well, every size out there is the same size when you look at the numbers. So I I don't know what to tell you. I'm frustrated with this stupid thing. Oh, maybe we should just get a real tree, and if there's a bad cord, throw out the bad cord. Much simpler, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I don't know. Screw this stupid, uh, wired, fake tree crap, because it always seems to blow up in my face. I hope all of you are doing okay, though, with yours. My parents have a real tree, helped them get it put up. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they'd... Yeah, I think they wouldn't mind. Heck with it. Just get a real tree next time. (laughs) I'm really tempted to do that. It doesn't have to be a big one. Obviously. Yeah, I don't, I don't like these darn things. They look weird anyway, <laughs> these fake ones. Uh, yeah, with that said, again, hope you're enjoying looking at Christmas lights in the evening and enjoying the season and getting ready for the actual Christmas time. It's always uh, enjoyable. I wish, the, uh, I wish it was a funner season. I wish there was a, a path to uh, becoming a great team that you could see a clear path like well, I mean, at least we have a possible second... Uh, at least we have a couple cornerbacks that look like they're legit. We have a receiver that's legit, a running back that's legit. We have positions where we're legit. But, you know, quarterback position, obviously. He, he, he played well today. He was kind of fun to watch. But at the same time, you know, I mean, he had some... He's, he's still what he is. He's just... He's, he's never going to take you to a Super Bowl. At least I don't think so. But, uh, again, that's just my opinion. With that said, again, take care. 
Uh, please call in again if you could. Obviously, Mad Martin, uh, one last thing again. So simply use the free voice recording application like anybody on the planet could do. On any smart device, just open up that free smart, uh, open up that free recording application. Press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com, I will then convert it into an MP3 player, uh, MP3 file, thanks to zamzar.com. With that said, take care, everybody, and we will talk to you next week where, well, see, maybe the Vikings will get back in their winning ways again.